Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the We Built an Empire podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Wolf. Today's episode was truly one of a kind. I'm not going to waste any more time getting into it. So without further ado, my friend, Darrell Allen. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Damn. got a fucking countdown <laughs> we doing the real thing i don't i don't have the clap of pause though that you have like on on the live push button but but oh yeah uh, no man you got you gotta step your game up man. You, gotta, <laughs> you gotta get the effects in there yeah. bro. oh that's awesome yeah i need a real a real push pad over here whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> what's going on man how are you i'm great man it's good to see you man it's good to see your face man it's been, a, you, it's, it's, been it's, it's been a while man yeah. it's even though it's, it's, a, it's really... a digital conversation it's still a real one today oh yeah absolutely absolutely been keeping up with you on Instagram a ton. I feel, Instagram's weird for me because sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of like listening to a favorite podcast guest. If they're a friend of yours, you uh, you end up thinking you're having a conversation with them like every day. <laughs> you know? right, like, right, and then you right, see them right, in person right, like, right. oh, man. And it's like, I haven't talked to you in two years. That's really weird. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is kind of a, like it's like a way you can like keep up with people. But at the same time, not really. I mean, you kind of know what's going on, but not like everything. Because I definitely, you know, don't post a lot of my life on social media, especially now. Uh, I use it mostly just for like, you know, hot stuff, promoting, um, do a lot of jujitsu on there as well. You know, just, you know, part of my brand, so to speak, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, but outside of that, man, you know, it's it's not, it's not that much. It's so, so, it's it's so fucking weird now. Like it's, it's kind of like distorted people's sense of reality so much. Um, I, I was so. just talking about that to a, to a friend like less than 30 minutes ago. He's, he's got some younger kids, a little bit older than mine, but he's like, man, I was trying to explain to them that, you know, when we were raised, we're looking outward, we're looking out the world. And now you're looking, everything is in it's, it's on a device or it's, you yeah. know, and I'm like, man, it, it's, it's the best. I think from our generation, you know, social media is like, we still understand it. And it can be the best and worst worst thing ever if you let it. You know, it's 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 a scary right. thing. It's a real, it's a real scary deal. You know, it's like when I see my kids like sitting on that screen, and you're like, man, let's let's go. And they're always willing to go do whatever. But you know, it, it I, I would not want to be born today. <laughs> I guess I would <laughs> <No>. say, <laughs> yeah, because it, it's um, you know, I, I so I won't let my kid do social media at all, right? Like it, it's 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 really um. Like she has a YouTube channel because you know my kid's an artist, so mm-hmm. she does like a lot of edits and stuff like that. So for for those type of things, man, that's cool. But like, I won't. She doesn't have like her own like Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, anything like that, man. Uh, yeah. I I just felt like growing up was already hard enough, you know. Especially when you're talking about when you're d- developing your self esteem and finding out who you are as a person, man. To to add that on top of it. You know, like this, because I mean, kids are already fucking brutal, man. Kids are assholes. <laughs> they are the meanest people on the yeah. planet. Yeah, because, you know, and it's sometimes it's not really necessarily their fault because, like, they always kind of, they don't know the consequences. They don't know how this shit's going to affect people, like, later on in life, right? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's really kind of a, uh, you know, so, so to have, to be able to grow up through that, and deal with that and try to develop your self-esteem was already hard enough. When you add like the whole fucking internet on top of it, you know, like 
people judging you that has never met you before. You know what I'm saying? They've never like, or cause it's even like, cause a lot of times we forget, man, like the, with people that end up becoming like memes or go viral for like the wrong reasons. Yeah. Now, like we forget that these are actual people like with yeah. lives, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and, like, <laughs> dude, oh, but, but, but like I got a comment the other day and I had to laugh. Like at first it was, it was so wild. I, I almost, I'm using my phone to record, but I pull it up, but, uh-huh. uh, it was on some post I put and it was a video and it got like a lot of, a lot of hits, a lot of likes. It was, it was doing good. And then all of a sudden it gets bing, you know, comments. So I, I like, this is the first uh, of stuff that I'm kind of putting out like in short series, you know, right. method. and dude, this, <laughs> he was like, I think the comment was something like you were the plague of the earth. This is why Holy capitalism shit. is horrible. <laughs> like, oh, well, like, like, I hope you die. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, man. Like either this dude, uh, it's just real, real, real bored and, or he's wanting me to, you know, kind of engage with him in this negative deal. And I'm like, I have zero tolerance or, or appreciation for like negative anything. I'm like, nobody needs that in their life. Like I'm not, I'm not going to delete it. I'm not going to respond to it. It's just going to live there on that post forever. But I had to laugh because oh, this is so, this is like, I don't know this guy. And it goes, right. it didn't even start at zero. It just went to a hundred. Boom. You're the plague of the world. I fucking hate you. I hope you die. <laughs> I was like, God damn. Yeah, and, it, and it's so strange, man. Like, right. Okay. So not long ago, uh, I talked about this on my, uh, my easily offended podcast. Right. So I went to a WNBA game. Right. So the Chicago sky are good. They won the WNBA title last year. Uh, like one of the greatest women's basketball players of all time, Candace Parker, she plays for uh, the Chicago sky. So good friend of mine, she does some work with them. So I was able to get like courtside seats, right? So I make this reel on Instagram uh, about the experience. This is my first time at the game, right? And the reel does like pretty well, better than any anything I've ever posted on Instagram. It had like like uh, well over ten thousand views. Um, so so I so I got to see like a little bit of the underbelly of the internet, right? Because I was just getting like these random fucking comments, man. Oh, yeah. From like, it was just like, how much did they have to pay you to say you enjoyed it? And it's just like, it's just, it's too much LGBTQ stuff going on there. It's just like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I just, I just like, posted a, like a moment in my life, my life that I loved, you know? I was like, yeah, oh. I just, I had a good time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why, why are you? And then one dude asked, like, how Brittany Griner did. And like, she's in fucking jail in Russia, dude. Everybody knows that. It's just like, yeah. come on, bro. Yeah, you know, like, what, like I just understand, but you know, people, but just like you said, I think a lot of people are trolls, mm-hmm. and they just want to, they want people to engage with them. Yeah. In other words, yeah, you know even if saying? it's negative, that's, that's, right? Attention even, is even if attention. it's fucking negative, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, real quick, let's get let's just get into it. So, what uh, you you mentioned one of your podcasts. That's why I want to have you on today because you got two things you're sort of working on. We chatted about it last night a little bit, but uh, yeah, what do you what do you got going on? What, what's up with these? I see you on Instagram. I see you're doing some really cool stuff, especially with your your new podcast. It's you solo by yourself, and I'm I'm just yeah. I'm excited for you to talk about. It. I'm excited to discuss it with you because I think it's a huge, powerful tool. And I'm I'm just like I said last night. You know, you posted a video, made me be like, all right, shit or get off the pot, man. Let's do this. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, what do you what do you got going on? Um, so I have a nine fourteen media group. Uh. And the podcast I do through that is uh, Channel 914. Um, so that started, my first episode dropped on June 17th of this year. So it was still really new. Um, my 
seventh episode actually will drop uh, tomorrow, the day we're recording this, uh, August 26th. And um, yeah, man, it really just was uh, a kind of a, I've been trying to figure, figure out a way. So I've been thinking about doing something like this for a long time, right? And, you know, and it's kind of one of those things where like, you know, like everybody's doing podcasts, you know, so it's just like, you know, like what was, what's going to make me stand out. Right. Yeah. You know, and so it's kind of like that fear that makes you not want to execute at times. Right. Uh, but what I, what, what eventually what ended up happening with me was, man, like I just, I guess kind of, kind of like this, this wind of inspiration. Um, so just to backtrack a little bit, good friend of mine last year, when I first started, the wheels really started first turning about, man, like me doing something. It's just like, I don't know the first thing about it, right? So it just so happened that a good friend of mine, a guy named Larnell, uh, that I grew up with, he, um, like, after I, like, had this whole, like, I'm praying about it, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm really just, like, trying to like, figure out, okay, like, how do I do this? What do I do? And he just hits me up, like, you know, just tells me kind of, like, haphazardly that yeah, I'm starting this podcast. I was like, oh, that's fucking perfect. Yeah. Let me help you. Because so one of the things I thought about initially was like, okay, I see people all the time uh starting stuff, you know, one star podcast, posting stuff on YouTube, and they may actually have some pretty decent content, something like really cool to say, but their production value is shit. Right. Yeah. And mostly it sounds terrible. So I feel like just, you know, I mean, we met at fucking crass, you know, I have an audio yeah. background, you know, even though I don't really do that type of work anymore. Like I know very basic things that, you know, like how to make it at least something sound good, you know, and like to, just to make it look like I give a shit actually about what I'm putting out. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm like, okay, let me help you. Right. Like, so we can kind of help each other. Um, so I'm just going to be behind the scenes. I'm going to like, you know, just help you guys record. You know, make sure your sound is good, man. Set up everything. Uh, and that's where it started for the first few episodes. And then one of the guys ended up quitting. So when the guy quit, they asked me to step in. Uh, at the time, I didn't know if it was going to be permanent or not, but it's been permanent. Um, so, I, so I've been doing, I've been on the camera and still doing everything behind the camera. Um, so after I was doing that for a while, and I, so I kind of had this idea that I want to like, produce quality content. I never thought of myself at first as being like the focus of that content. Mm -hmm. I just want to be able to like, you know, put something into the, into the ecosystem that's going to, you know, be good. And, and it's going to, um, you know, have some sort of quality in life to it. Right. Um, and then trying to like get other people, you know, I was working with a few people, but once you find out pretty quick is like the quickest way to do it, to do it yourself. Yeah. Um, and it, so, and, and I kind of, uh, it just, it just hit me one day, man. Uh, I was just like, once I thought of it, like a name, uh, the, the channel 914 thing just kind of came to me. Uh, 914 is for September 14th, which is my brother's birthday. Um, so yeah, man, uh, once, once I named it, it, uh, it just kind of took off, dude. I uh, and like I went out and I just bought a bunch of fucking equipment. I, I never owned like a video camera before. Uh, you know, I went out and bought this like this Rodecaster. Uh, it's kind of like a mixing console, kind of like an all-in-one podcasting solution. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Um, so I, I just went, man, and bought a bunch of shit. 
and I just started filming. Uh, I, I I got on Canva. I never designed a logo before. I designed my own logo. <laughs> Dude, Canva uh, has saved the world from people with zero talent. When it comes, like you could tell, you're like, I, that's a really good logo, but I could never do that in Photoshop. And then Canva came along, oh, no. and then everybody's a professional designer anymore. They're just, (laughs) and they'll rip some shit off Canva. I'll put this together. It was my idea. Look at it. It's like, bitch, I've seen that on Canva too. Like you didn't invent that. You just changed the colors. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. Oh no. I'm definitely not saying I invented any fucking thing, but you know, this is my logo. This is my combination of shit that I got from Canva. Right. Um, But it works, you know? And And so, and it just really is like, so for one, it's about like honoring my brother, like, kind of keeping his name and his legacy alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also just about like, like you just said, like this podcasting thing, man, is like a really, really, really powerful tool that I feel like really isn't necessarily being used properly right now. Uh, so I, I, I really just, I really kind of feel like it's, um, it's something that we, we need to treat with the proper respect. Um, and I feel like for not say everybody, but a large majority of people are kind of like it's used for a lot of like misinformation, a lot of like people to voice their opinions, mm-hmm. however, no, no matter how fucked up those opinions may be. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, and, and it's just like a lot of negativity, man. And I really just kind of I feel like. You know, I have something to offer the the the, the universe in the, in this regard. Um, so I just say, you know, fuck it, man. Let's just do it. Let's just go for it. And you know, it's it's you know, it's it's been going all right. You know, like I said, just it's only, I'm only a couple months in. Yeah. So, but it's 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 going well, man. I'm I'm enjoying it, and that's the most that's the best part. I had some really cool interviews. I realized I know like a lot of cool people. Yeah. It's crazy how many people like I was talking to. So Tommy Wright, shout out. He's a production engineer on the back of this, but we were just uh, chopping it up the other day and I was just like putting names out there and he's like, well, who's that person? And I would tell like a bit of what I know is their story. And he'd be like, oh, that's a, that sounds like a really cool episode. And then he would, he would name the people. And it's really weird. Like in your immediate circle, you know, if you've lived a little while on this planet, like you end up knowing even if you don't think of them in that manner, right? Like we interviewed Justin Roberts the other day. I was talking to you last night about it. Like he's on tour with uh, Imagine Dragons right now, you know? And I thought his right. episode was, he was definitely wild and out of control, but it was, uh, it was fun as hell. And it's like, you know, I told him, I said, man, it's, it's crazy. Like these people, you know, on a, a lot of them, not everybody I know personally that I'm, that I'm talking to, but a lot I do. And maybe it's for 15 or 20 years, or maybe it's two, but that it's like, it's that, what is that, uh, seven degrees of bacon. It's like if within like seven degrees of like friendship, you have a connection with Kevin Bacon or something ridiculous, right? <laughs> or something, you ever heard about that? <laughs> I, I've heard of seven degrees of seven separation. I've never heard of seven degrees <laughs> of bacon. <laughs> it's something, I, it's something, but yeah. like, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Like this person knows this person and like, and, and inevitably everybody has a story. And most people that I yeah. found out, you know, I've got a big blurb. Like you, you saw it when I sent it out, like, Hey, you know, you want to be on the, actually, no, you were like, hell yeah, I'll be on it. But, yeah. Everybody else, like I'll send out like a, you know, here's kind of what this thing's about. Here's what we're doing. I'd love to have you on. And it gives a breakout of it. And I've had a lot of people call me and be like, well, I don't really have a story, you know? And I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on. I've known you for maybe some of these people like six months, you know? And I'm like, hey, in that little bit of time, 
the impact that I've seen you make on me, these three other people, your community, like that's a story, you know? And then as we start to talk about it, you know, people sort of start to relax and they get in this groove. They realize I'm not out here to just like make them look a fool on camera. Then they start to right. open up and it's like, wow, like, okay. And then, but then inevitably somebody, it doesn't matter. You know, it could be one person that hears the story. It could help them out. Right. Yeah. No um, I mean, it could be them listening to this could be totally therapeutic. Uh, it's, I was just telling my same friend today that was dealing with his son's issue. Um, he was like, why are you doing this? I was like, be honest, this is selfish. And he's like, what? And I was like, you know, I like other people struggle from everything in life. Like I've had bats of depression, you know, anxiety, you know, things of that nature. And I said, but talking to people long form and hearing their stories, there's always a correlation. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, race, ethnicity, creed. It's that's all to the side. Cause you can relate to somebody and it's, it's a very therapeutic thing for me selfishly. Uh, but, but in turn, letting that person tell their story, at least from in my experience, everybody has come back and been like, man, that was, that was really awesome. Like I've never had the opportunity to just tell anything about me and it feels good. It's like, it's a big, huge, gigantic, like weight off of some people's shoulders sometimes to be like, and then at the end of it, they're like, actually, you know what? I do have a story. They start to kind of feel good about themselves. So I do feel like it's, it, it's powerful in so many different ways, you know? And, so, Oh, sorry, I mean to cut you off. You good? No worries. <laughs> no, because it's, it's funny we talk about, man, because, you know, like, you, you, so you and I met probably in one of the most challenging times of my life. Uh, oh, I would say so. <laughs> not to laugh, I mean, but, dude, I remember glimpses of you like, oh, dude, he's not doing good. Like, <laughs> like oh, this is not good, Jarrell. Yeah, man, it was, uh, it, it, it was rough, man. Um. Uh, you know, just kind of being out there in Arizona um, and, you know, tr trying to do this whole audio engineering thing and then ended up like, you know, having a baby during that time uh, without having any money, uh, having, you know, say, taking all my resources to go down there. Uh, and, but it it, it 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 builds character, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. You were halfway across the country, man, from where you live. By the way, I mean, you do live in Chicago. For those that don't know you, we're, we're again, we know each other on a really well level. So it's like, we're skipping over a lot of stuff that we already know. So right, just for those yeah. listening, Jarrell lives in Chicago. We went to school at uh, the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences in Tempe, Arizona, right? Halfway across yeah. the, the country, you know, and then to put on top of that, have a baby in the middle <laughs> of this ridiculous school. The school schedule was out of control. We, yeah. none of us got sleep. We were all drinking too much. All, all of us, all of us were competitive, like competitive enough to be like, if that dude got to A in that class and anybody else got to B, it was like, fuck that dude got the B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And yeah, we really were super competitive, man. And I honestly think like me being able to focus on that stuff. And I, I mean, the fact that I was still able to like keep up with you guys, cause like, I mean, mentally I was just like, what the fuck? Like every day it just seemed like something else was going on. Um, but you know, looking back on it and it's funny because obviously I am not an audio engineer, right? Yeah. But so first off, just dealing with all of that adversity at that time and then still being able to come out, come out of it, uh, you know, and, but also just like some of those small principles, like troubleshooting and things like that, me working in it, um, you know, just kind of like those simple, just like, you know, that, that uh, signal flow, you know, start here, start with the simplest thing first and work your way down. 
that helped me in my actual career. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, you never know, man, you go through these experiences and you never know like how it's going to help you. Like when you're going through it, it's just like, I was talking about this the other day. It's kind of like when you uh, watch a karate kid and you know, and Mr. Miyagi is making Danielson do all this dumbass shit, like, kind of like you know, painting his fence and waxing his car. Yeah. And just like, man, why the fuck am I doing this? And then when yeah. he actually shows him, like, you know, oh, okay, this actually makes sense now. This is, yeah. you know, th- this is going to help me in the long run. Uh, but when you're going through it, it's just like, man, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what know? do we need to do? This is garbage, you know? <laughs> right, and it was, yeah, it was you know? a taxing, you know, they, it seems weird. So the, basically it's a, it's a, is it a, is it like an associates type program? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I look at it as like a certificate. Like, so yeah. it was like, so like, so it's almost like a, um, well, yeah, well, it was a certificate program basically, but it's like for audio engineering. Right. So like in that realm, that t- certificate would be respected. Yeah. But like, obviously uh, in the IT world, that certificate doesn't mean that certification doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Right. They're like, Oh, that's but, really cool. You start at the bottom. <laughs> Excuse me, right? <laughs> Funny story though, because my first, uh, so okay, so that was in 2008, which is also, well, 2007 to 2008, when yep. we were down there. Yeah. So my kid was born in 2008. I go back, to, I come back to Chicago. And um, so I find a job finally after like a year i was unemployed for like for like the first year i got home i was doing the interning and stuff but obviously mm-hmm. i'm not making any fucking money right so i'm doing whatever i can i'm working like little odd jobs here and there like little little live sound gigs and like little bullshit bars where they pay me like 50 <laughs> bucks you know i mean whatever i could do man mm-hmm. i mean if i can buy some formula some pampers or something with it man i'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it right um so finally i get this job a friend of mine I uh, was working for Chicago Housing Authority. Uh, so it's like with the Section 8 vouchers, shit like that. Gotcha. Uh, horrible fucking job. And coincidentally, it's also the only job I've ever been fired from. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. Yeah. They, they, they fired me after like three months. It was so wild. I don't even know if it was that long. It was like I got hired in like maybe late August, early September. And like by December, I was out of there. Right. <laughs> so... Um, so I got fired from there. So then I actually ended up getting an interview, um, with this university of Chicago. And basically it was cause a friend of mine was, a, was an HR manager, excuse me, a friend, a friend of mine, uh, she's like a sister to me, her mom, um, was an HR manager for the university of Chicago. So she knew about this job coming up. She was just like, okay, you know, I'm gonna recommend you for it. You can get an interview. So I you know, put my resume together and it was like basically setting up these video conferencing systems uh, and like teaching people how to use them, operate them. And it was supposed to only supposed to be for a contract. So I was only supposed to do it for like a few months, basically set them up, teach them how to use them. And then they were going to, you know, send me on my way. Right. So but when I on the in the interview, uh, my boss, his name, his name was Brian Hickey, a re- really cool guy. I keep up with him via social media to this day. Uh, he told me, he looked at my, because I didn't lie and act like, but I did like Google, I researched, so I was able to talk intelligently about uh, the video conference and all that. But I, I never worked with the shit before. You know, outside of Skype, I didn't know anything else. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but the guy told me, he looked at it, so he looked at it, and I had all my craft stuff on there, my audio engineering experience. And he was basically like, 
hey, man, if you can wire all your rack, I'm sure you can figure this shit out. <laughs> and he gave me a job. So it ended <laughs> up like, <laughs> yeah. So it ended up finishing the contract. They ended up hiring me off full time. Uh, so I worked it for four years until they laid me off. <laughs> so fucking asshole. But yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. They but, might be good people, but who knows? No, no, they're cool. I mean, and and ironically, them laying me off was probably one of the best things that happened to me because it was, it opened me up. Uh, it gave me like a baseline of skills to where I got my foot in the door to like the, the firm I work with now. Um, where I'm actually kind of like on the back end, like designing infrastructure for our video conferencing network. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, it was just kind of like, you know, uh, it was like a stepping stone thing Yeah. and I went from there and I having no experience and then just having experience there. And then it gave me like just a baseline to where I'm at now. And, but without having gone through that, I never would have been able to do what I'm doing right now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think that's, I was talking to, uh, it was it's my former employer actually. Um, and I went in on an interview and it was a very th- same thing. And like, they knew my history. Like I had already worked for this company for a few years. I had quit them. Like, uh, and they, and, like my boss at that time was like, no one's ever quit. I was like, well, welcome, welcome to the fucking club. And so I went and did my own company. <laughs> like I ran my own company. And then like, here we are as, you know, seven years later, I get a call from a friend and, you know, let's move the whole family to Texas going yeah. for the interview. And like, they, they clearly see your chart. Like, you quit here. You came back here. We've contracted with you. You did like, so I did this like whole, like, it was like a timeline. This interview was basically me doing a timeline. I fucked up here. Then I did this. And then I got real crazy and started this company. And then I shut that down, had to file bankruptcy, moved my place to Texas. And here I am talking to you. But the long story short is that if I wouldn't have done all that shit, I wouldn't be at this table. And they were like, you got a fucking point, you know? And I was like, so I don't know if it's meant to be Ultimately, six months later, I ended up quitting them again and moving back to Colorado. <laughs> but you know what? Fuck it. You know, it's like it wasn't for yeah. me. It wasn't it wasn't right. Like, like Texas was super depressing for me, you know, and then when COVID hit, it, like it really allowed you to look at what it allowed me to look at what I was doing with my life. You know, and I was like, I think that's probably the most depressed I've been in for a very, very long time. And so it's like when when COVID hit and you had the time to really look at your life. Yeah, it was like we got to go home. We need to be around people that a we want to be around and and family, like because it's it's you know what I mean. Like you get you get a small sliver of time on this on this earth with people, and you never know when it's going to be gone. Like I mean, we'll get into it here after mean, a little bit, but you know what I mean. Like just like with your brother, right? We we talked about that last night. I don't know if you want to get into that, but it's it's man, it, people's it's, time is impactful, and then it can be gone in an instance. And so we moved back to Colorado. And I started doing something. I do real estate, obviously on the side, but not on the side. That's my actual job. But, right. you know, doing this podcast, it's like, it's just another thing of like, you do have to do things that you're passionate, that you care about, that you want to have, you know, a bit of honor towards it. And to kind of, you know, I just, I just, I don't know. I, you know, I felt like COVID was for some people, the best thing. And for other people's the worst thing and not, not whether you were affected by it or whether you've lost someone because of it but it allowed people to have too much time of their own. And then all of a sudden it started creating like what I felt like was this like anger syndrome. Right. It's like, everybody was yeah. like, you know, we were talking about, you know, online and it's like, all, so I'm trying to do something for the betterment, not of myself, but also other people around me. So like the guests that I can bring on, it's like, I want to bring you up. I want to bring you up. Not saying that you won't surpass me, but like whatever I can do to help 
other people like, man, it, it's just been, I, I feel like it's still even stuck in people's brains. Like everybody's back out in the world, we're going to concerts, we're doing everything, but it's, I feel like people are still just so they're ready to bite your neck off in like an instance. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be that person. I don't want negative people around me. I don't want negative content around me. I want to, I want to be the host of this and be guests on other people's podcasts and do something for, for the good. And so it's like, I, that's just, out, you know, moving back home, like completely reordered our lives around again, you know, but we're, we're here, we're stuck. We're, we're staying this time. Like we're not leaving, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, back to it though. I mean, you re- you have a short time on this world. <laughs> and, and a very, very, very short time, man. And it's kind of like, you know, things will happen to you uh, that will completely flip your perspective. Uh, I know you like, you just, you mentioned my brother, man. It was so, it was so wild that, so that definitely, that, 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 that changed my life. Right. Uh, my brother, my big brother, man, he was, so I never knew a world without him in it. Right. Um, he was always there, man. He was one of those, like, when I, when I couldn't talk to anybody else, well, I wouldn't feel comfortable talking to anybody else about certain things. Yeah. I could talk to him. And it was always like, no matter what my brother told me, and sometimes he would tell me shit that I necessarily didn't want to hear, but that I needed to hear. But if it came from here, I could, from, excuse me, if it came from him, I could receive it because I knew it was always coming from a place of love. Sure. Right. Yeah. My brother always wanted the best for me. He wasn't going to be jealous of me. He wasn't trying to tell me or like keep me away from certain things. So I could trust his word, you know, mm-hmm. even if it was some shit, like if he had to give me like a straight up and fly right. Like, Hey man, you fucking up out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You need to get it together. So I, I kind of say like my brother was like my compass and losing him. And then like going right into that pandemic, it, it really, like, you know, it was one of those things where like, I thought I was good because um, he 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 died uh, very, very suddenly. It wasn't like he was sick. Something happened. Yeah. It was like um, so it's actually a crazy story. Uh, so his birthday is September 14th, hence the 914. Um, he died on September 12th. Hmm. So two days before his birthday, um, I was at this training. For a crest drive programming. I don't know if you know, you, you know, you oh, yeah, know, yeah, crest drive, yeah. right? Yeah. So I was at this crest drive programming training, right? Uh, in Schaumburg, which is like an hour outside of Chicago. So <laughs> one of my brother's favorite shows was Family Guy, right? <laughs> so I'm, 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 in, the, I'm in this training, um, and there's this dude that looks and talks. Just like fucking Peter Griffin. Oh, Shit you not. He just he he didn't have glasses. But I was just like, dude, this this is if, if they were gonna do a live action family guy movie, he needs to be playing the fucking part. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I um uh, I, I so I posted on, on Facebook, I posted in the status like I'm in this train with this dude that looks and sounds like Peter Griffin. My brother comments immediately, post a picture. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I'm like, like I I can't like, you know, I don't wanna be obvious, just give me a second. You know, so you can see what you look, what he looks like. Um, so you know, uh, we get a break after a couple of hours. We get a break, and I, I sneak a picture of the guy, right? <laughs> and uh, I post it in the comments, and you know, I, I noticed that he didn't comment, but I didn't think anything of it. We go back to training. Um, not long after that, I'm getting a call from his wife, 
And I see her call me and I send her a voicemail because I'm thinking his birthday's two days from now. You know, I'm thinking she just called me or something about his birthday, right? Sure. So she calls me right back. I send her a voicemail again and I'm just like, hey, I'm in this training. Uh, is everything okay? She texts me back 911. So I'm like, okay, now I know something is wrong. I'm still not thinking she's going to tell me what she's about to tell me. Yeah. But um, I'm like, okay, something is wrong with my brother. So I step outside. And I called her. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? And she just says he's gone. And I'm like, what do you mean he's gone? Yeah. And she's just like, yeah, he's gone. And all I can think of is, okay, I'm on my way. So I hang up. I go into class. I start packing my stuff up. And the instructor is like, hey, man, is everything okay? And all I can say is, my brother just died. So everybody's just like, holy shit, man. So the instructor... I'm packing my shit up, and I run out of the classroom. But the instructor, I'll never forget this guy, man. He stopped me, and he just gave me a hug. And um, he just, you know what I'm saying? I don't even remember what the fuck he said to me, man. I remember he said something, but I just, I'll never forget he stopped me, and he gave me a hug. Damn. So I'm, I'm leaving out, and it's still not really registered, right? Um, but I'm leaving, and then my mom calls me, and she's crying. I'm like, okay, this is real. Fuck. Um, so... Yeah, man, and it just kind of, I, I had this long drive home, and at the whole time, I'm just trying to gather myself together because, like, okay, I know that this is going to be hard for my parents, mm-hmm. so they can't see me fucked up, right? Yeah. So I have to hold it together for them, and I kind of took on that role for, like, the whole first year, like, through the funeral you know what I'm saying? My whole thing is like, man, I got to I gotta hold it together for everybody else. So the whole time people are telling me that, you know, hey, man, like you, 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 you're taking this really well. Like, I can't believe you're dealing with this the mm-hmm. way you're dealing with it. And so for one, I'm in shock. For two, I've told myself that like, OK, I have to I have to carry everybody else. Yeah. Um, but it ended up, man, in the long run, it ended up kind of like hurting me. Um. Cause I never really gave my, myself space to grieve. Mm-hmm. So it finally set in for real. So like a whole year goes by. And uh, I mean, obviously I'm mourning my brother. I was never in denial or anything like that. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but we're, uh, this, this is restaurant in Chicago called Chai Tung. Uh, they do, uh, they have a hibachi. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they also have like this Chinese buffet and uh, it's, it's, it's really cheap for what you get. Yeah. So it was my, one of my brother's like favorite restaurants. We used to go there like on, on like we were both off of work. I would just get like random calls from like, Hey, what you doing? You want to go to Chateau? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so um, me and my family, man, we all went there and I'll never forget this shit, man. I'm sitting there and I'm just like, Hey, we're celebrating my brother's birthday. But this is two. Here. This is two days later. No, this is a year. Oh, later. a year. Okay, all right. Okay, so we're sitting there and we're celebrating my birthday. Excuse me, my brother's birthday, and I'm like, he's not here. And not only is he not here, he's never fucking coming. Yeah. Like this is this is how was it? Every every year we celebrate his birthday is going to be without him, and it just when that shit set in for real, bro. Yeah, when you talk about depression, you know what I mean? And yeah, it was just, I didn't know what to do, man. 
so, and honestly, I'm still figuring it out. I'm a lot better than I was, but it's just kind of like one of those things my mom used to always tell me, and I didn't understand until then. Uh, when somebody that close to you dies, you never get over it. You just learn how to deal with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but when you talk about life being so fleeting, it was just like, dude, we were just joking. Right. Yeah. Like Two days it, before. Yeah. Literally just on, joking. On, on Facebook. Right. Right. Two days before that, we had just talked because you can say his birthday was coming up. So we had, we had just had this long conversation the night before he um, he texted me, said he was going to meet me at happy hour on Friday. So I'm like, bet. Um, so he asked me to post a picture on Facebook. He never lived to see it. It was just that. It was just like that, bro. You know what I'm saying? That and is, that is wild, man. That is yeah. So, so you just it, so it really kind of like in terms of like, man, you don't have as much time as you think you have. Mm-hmm. You know. So it was another. It was another reason and motivation. Like once I got the idea and I and I named it, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, we gotta go. You know, I don't give a fuck if I don't know how to do all this shit. You know, I've never owned a camera before. I don't know about editing and all that other stuff. I'm going to figure it out along the way. And it may not be that great at first, <laughs> but I'm doing it. Yeah. And when that, and I tell my kid this this all the time, like, no matter what you're doing, if you do it consistently, you're going to get better at it. Yeah. It's all about you know? consistency, man. It's like I was yeah. telling you last night with that guy, like, some, you know, don't look at the comments, don't look at the views, whatever. Just keep doing it that way that everybody knows you know, it's coming out Monday at 2 a.m., whatever that, what it just, and then you, you inevitably will get better every time. As long as you are open-minded and you know how to learn from your mistakes or your failures, right? Some people say, oh, you never fail. You either learn or succeed. I'm like, that's bullshit. You, you do fail at things, but how you are as a person is probably, you know, maybe your upbringing, but like, if you can look at your mistakes and say, all right, I did this, this was a little weird, right? So I didn't like this. I'm going to change this next time. Or I'm going to, you know, and it's like microscopic changes. But if you keep doing that same formula, you know, it may take 50 or hundred fucking episodes, but like, I, I guarantee. All right. So you started in June, right? So like how many episodes are you going to have come out by your, your brother's uh, birthday? So you'll, have, um, you'll be at seven or eight. I will be at eight and I actually plan to. So, so, Every now and then I do like uh, I've I planned surprise drops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just the episodes I'm gonna like put out, kind of like without warning. Um, that's there's that don't align with my regular release schedule. Yeah. Uh, so I did one so far. I did actually did I did a Stranger's Stranger Things review with my kid. <laughs> Seen that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> which was which was awesome. Um. So so yeah so so, I guess. Technically, if people see this beforehand, it won't be a surprise. But, but yeah, but I definitely plan on doing something uh, on September fourteenth for him. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah, I would have. So, it, I would have, but I would have had eight episodes by the time uh, his birthday comes. There you go. So, by the time his birthday hits, you got fifty-two more weeks to drop. Next year on his birthday, you're at sixty. That episode, sixtieth episode drop. That shit's gonna be fucking fire. You know what I mean? And I already yeah, know it. Yeah. Like everybody might be watching this being like, oh, you know, maybe they're judging, maybe they're casting, you know, whatever the deal. I'm telling you right now, 60th episode next year on your brother's birthday, that shit is going to be fire. And I know you'll do it because I already just planted yeah. that seed in your brain. Boom. Let's go. This shit's going to be <laughs> off the hook. You know, I mean, for real. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's just keep up with the consistency. But man, that story about your brother is, 
that I couldn't even imagine, man. I've got a, he was your older brother, right? He was my older brother. Yeah. yeah. So I got so a he, young, how many years? Five years, five years. And me and my younger brother are six years and we're, we're close. We, we weren't growing up because like, you know, I was always into, you know, by the time I was doing this, you know, he was still young and then he'd get to that and I'm already past that in my life. Right. Like going right. to the bars, he's like, let's go to the bars. Like I had like one of those in me, man. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm past the bars. He's like, and he's fresh yeah. into him, you know? And so yeah. but now that we've all kind of gotten past that, we're, we talk at least once, twice a week. And I just, I mean, I'm always worried about him and not, not that he's a fuck up. It's just that he's my younger brother and my parents just moved to Florida. So it's just me and him still in Colorado. And like, inevitably I'm always worried about him. Like I'm worried about him making mistakes, but I know that he has to grow up and, and do his own thing. He's going to fall and he's going to fail, but it's, it's weird when it, when it's your child, you feel like you can kind of cultivate it a little bit more, maybe help them out. But like, when it's your brother, you, you do have to realize or a sibling that they have their own lives and they're going to fuck up. They're going to fail and you can't control it. But I don't yeah. even know what I would do if I lost him or if he lost me, you know, and we're not even as close. I don't think as you and your brother, but we are building a really good working relationship. Like, I mean, we literally owned a company together and we were around every, yeah. every, every day we were around each other. And so I, yeah. I just couldn't imagine if I got that call. So I'm, I'm really, really sorry to hear about yeah. that, but that is, it's true. Life is it's, yeah. really, really short. Yeah, man. Um, so we were, we were really, like I said, we were really tight. You know, like as kids, you know, we're boys, boys fight, right? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, but he really, so, you know, growing up in Colorado is very different from growing up in Chicago. Um, <laughs> how, how so <laughs> how would you say that uh, are you, you know, you're on the uh, south side right south side yep, Chicago. there we go notorious south shot i've never been shot um that's but, a good thing <laughs> yeah i know yeah very good thing um but i've seen quite a bit growing up man uh so my brother so it was like this weird thing man it's funny because you talk about like you know, like you, you were already past the bars and stuff, you know, by the time it, your little brother. Well, I was a seasoned pro at drinking because of my brother by the time <laughs> I got to college. Like, and so the thing was, like, I couldn't stay out late by myself, but if I was with my brother, mm -hmm. so when I was 13, he was 18. So he's hanging out. And if I was with him, she was like, okay, well, you come home when he come home. So he started like, so like, I was kind of like, you know, just kind of like this little nerdy. I didn't really go outside much. And then like, at first, so my mother kind of started making my brother take me outside. Um, and then at first it was kind of rough, but then eventually got to the point where like, okay, like now I, now I, I want to go outside, you know, and, and now he wants me to come with him. So man, once we kind of made that transition, uh, we were thick as thieves ever since, man. And my, my brother was a lot more social than I was at that time. And, mm -hmm. and even, even to this day, man, my brother was like, he's just, he was just like this big jolly, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Always had a joke. Super fun. I know you never met him, man, but if you ever could have met him, he was fucking hilarious. Too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like always, man. Um, so, but he, he also, I was able to like navigate and learn how to navigate through like South side shit, you know what I'm saying? Chicago gang culture, all that shit. Um, I was able to like navigate through that with him, with his guidance. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Um, and I'm not sure if I would have been as successful at it if if I hadn't even gone down a a, a, a more of a dark path sure. than I did. Had it not been for him, kind of like you know, hey, you don't necessarily have to do that. You know, gotcha. like I've because he was way more outside than I was. You know, so by the time I came around, it was more so like okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, this my little brother. Like, y'all don't fuck with him. You know, my brother had a reputation. You know, it was it was to the point where, like, I was going to go to the same high school that he was going to. Mm-hmm. But my mother was like, nah, fuck that. You got to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this shit again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, and not to say, like, you know, but I mean, regardless of what, regardless of the shit that we did, man, both of us grew up to be you know, family men, good jobs, you know. Um, and, but I, I owe so much of my upbringing to him, yeah. right? So he he essentially raised me in, in a sense, you know, not to say that my parents did it. I mean, obviously my parents are very involved in my life still out to this day, but my brother, he, he raised me in a different way. He was there during your formidable times, man. You know, he was, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, he's yeah. there. He's there at that. He, he, you know, your parents can only do so much, right? So it's like right. if you've got that older friend, good, good or bad, hopefully good, like or your older brother. I mean, clearly they're going to be able to show you things, like you said, out out in the streets and I, for you, literal. But I mean, like out in the world, like he's he's there. Right. He's already experienced. He's able to kind of guide you. Your parents aren't there with you 100 percent of the time. So he he was no. that that figure for you to help guide you into the real world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, man. But like, it, it, it's, it's just so crazy. Um, even now, man, like there's so much shit that I wish I could talk to him about, mm-hmm. you know, like conversations that I kind of just had to keep in. Thank God I got a therapist. But it's still just not like, cause it's that, that level of trust. You sure. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that no no matter what, like I know my brother is gonna have my back. Sure, yeah. And, and regardless of the situation, regardless if I'm wrong or not, you know, my brother's gonna have my back, and he'll tell me how I fucked up later. Yeah, you know. Um. So you know, it, it's 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 interesting and it's rough not having it, but it's it's also uh, allowed me to kind of. You know, energy never dies, right? Yeah. I mean, that's 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 uh, scientifically, sure. You know, sure. Energy never dies; it just it just it just changes states. And I've had experiences through dreams and other things. It kind of lets me know that he's still around in a way, mm-hmm. um, not the way that I want him to be, sure. But his energy is still here. Um, and so it, I, you find some peace in that and, uh, but like I said, life goes on, bro. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I, I kind of had to just take that shit on the chin. I, like I still, I got a kid to raise, you know, uh, he has a daughter, his niece, you know, I gotta be around for her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. So it's, 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 it, but it, it's, it's a, it's been a wild time, man. Like I say, go, don't, Going from that straight into the pandemic, yeah. um, 
it was definitely when people talk about mental health, and then all that other just crazy shit started happening, dude. Like we had those fucking riots here. Um, How was that? Which was, I mean, we we I, we saw we were still in Texas when the riots were really popping off, but yeah. I mean, you know, how, how was that in Chicago, Southside? I mean, obviously, you know, I, I, I can imagine it was every big city in the world, but I mean, what was that like being there? Cause I, I, we were living in, you know, in between Austin and San Antonio, right. In a very yeah. suburban setting. <laughs> so like yeah. we were no, 50 no, miles from, shit on fire. There. Yeah. No one was flipping over <laughs> cars or anything. I mean, was it, was it scary? I mean, you got a, you got a, you got a daughter, you got a young kid, you know, you're living in that world all that, all that on top of you, like, what, what did that feel like? I'm trying to, so going back to that time, um, I don't think I was ever scared. I was, I just remember the next day just feeling just so fucking disappointed. Mm -hmm. Um, I understood, you know, this, this, uh, uh, People that use this quote a lot during that time from Martin Luther King. It said, uh, uh, riots are, is the language of the unheard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like, man, we've done that so much. Sure. You know, fucking when, 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 when Dr. King died, there were riots here and other places. And there are areas of Chicago that got burned down, like on the south and west side, that never fully made a recovery sure. after that, even still to this day. Um, thankfully we didn't get to, we didn't get to that level of destruction. Um, but you know, like Rodney King, you know what I'm saying? They fucking tore down Los Angeles, you know what I'm saying? All this other shit. But it's just like, I I get it. And I understood the frustration because I mean, fuck man. Like, it's like, how many times are we going to be able to sit and watch somebody black be murdered? And they're playing the shit over and over and over again, mm-hmm. dude. It's like you like I don't I I, I didn't want to watch it, but it's like it was hard to get away from it. Every time you go on your computer, every time you go on your phone, every time you turn the TV on, yeah. or you you saw fucking George Floyd, dude. You could see the life leave his eyes, mm-hmm. right? And there's no reason he wasn't doing it. He didn't have a weapon. There's no reason for you to have your knee on this man's neck yeah. for that long. There's no, there's no reason. There was no reason for it. Um, but I, so I, I understood the frustration. I just didn't think that that was the way we needed to go. But what we ended up finding out was like, you know, because there's this, this, this separation of wealth. And basically, people that don't have shit saw opportunity to get shit. Mm-hmm. And they seized it. And it, so it wasn't just during that time. Like that kind of happened for the rest of the year. Yeah. Like people were going downtown, smashing and grabbing. You know what I'm saying? Doing all doing all, all types of stuff. Um, and I just remember going out the next day and trying to like be a part of the effort to clean up. Because sure. I would rather build build than destroy. Yeah. Um, but it was just it was it was a really crazy time, man. Mm-hmm. Um and it just it, it you just didn't know there was so much uncertainty because it was happening everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it was in every had, it was in every city, like every major city. I mean, there was riots, man. It was, it was wild in Texas. Like Colin thought I was, uh, I was talking to him when he was down a few weeks and he kind of thought I was 
you know, just talking shit or maybe do, telling a fish story. Right. But, uh, mm-hmm. it was crazy. Like we, so we were in Texas at the time, but our, our offices were kind of cor- close to Corpus Christi, which is like two and a half, three hours from where we lived. And so we'd have to drive mm-hmm. down there an hour and a half one way. And we were coming back. I was coming back on the, the main freeway. I forget which one it is, North and South coming up from Corpus Christi to San Antonio. And mm-hmm. dude, I shit you not. It was like semi trailer after semi trailer, like for at least a mile full of like Humvees and like military type vehicles. And at that time they had like, Texas was quick to lock down, like real, real, like super, super quick. And we had to have, um, you know, a slip in our, in our window that was displayed, you know, we're essential personnel because the governor was like, well, we can't not produce oil and gas. Right. And that's what I was doing down there doing electrical work for that. So coming back, I mean, seeing these and it like, it was real, real, real like intimidating. Cause it was like, there was stages. Like if you were following the riots, it was like, they were here in this city. And then they like, all of a sudden they had this like trickle effect and it was like, it kind of dominoed throughout the whole country. And Texas was like getting ready for this, like whether they were going to do it, if they were worried about the borders or, or maybe like the, the, the coast, like in Corpus where all the barges come in and deliver stuff, you know, is, it was just weird. And it really kind of made the, the hair on your neck sort of stand up. Like what is going on, man? This is, this is bigger than you know, COVID and lockdown, we're already in all this stuff. And then like, they're compounding this. So like you dip off on the back road and you're going like puddle hopping between, you know, a, a town of 300 people to a town of 500 and kind of, and then all of a sudden you get stopped and it's full on yeah. military personnel with AKs being like, what are you out for? Uh, sir, I'm essential personnel. I work for this company. You know, I'm just, this is my route. I live at this. And they like, check your ID. All right, you're good to go. And it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. it was, it was like, it felt like, you know, martial law type stuff was, I mean, it was, it was real, real scary. And, um, you know, but I mean, that's also Texas. It's a little different, but I, I just right. can't, I've been trying to ask people that like that, you know, you were in the city, like, what was this like for you at that moment? And obviously ble- being a, a black man yourself, it was like, what this had to have a different impact on you than, than myself, you know, as far as like, how does that, you know, for sure, man, it, it, it was, is so, and I, so, and it was funny because like me and my girlfriend, uh, we were at the couch, we were sitting on the couch, man. And once we got home and we were just kind of like watching, like when the first, st- st- when the stuff first kicked off here. And so there were, there was an area right by me where like people were just looting. They were just taking everything and the police were literally just standing by watching. Right. But then at the same time, you, they were showing po- uh, news coverage of places up north and downtown where the police were just like forming lines and just like, no, y'all, y'all can't do this shit here. So it was just really interesting to see it in real time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Okay, we're going to let them tear this shit down over here. Yeah. But up here, like, no, no, we have to protect this. Sure, and sure. Really? So, so it, it, it's, it's, it should just showed you like what they give a fuck about and what they don't. So that was kind of like my thing is just like, okay, yeah, I, I get we're angry, but why we always got to tear down our own shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I saw something. I mean, I'm sure it was out there, but like this uh, one interview, they were talking to this lady and I'm not sure exactly where she was at in the country, but you know, she was, she was, they, they asked her that question, you know, why are you burning these buildings? And she told the reporter, you know, we don't own these buildings. Like we, you know, we're, we're renting here. We own nothing, you know? And it just like, you know, I was trying to just think about that, like, and, and there was so much content at that time. Like, dude, I swear to God, Netflix was sitting on 10 years of backlog. Like they, right. they were just waiting for that release. Like they did, they did, uh, 
like they dropped that uh, one show, man, I forget exactly what it was, but either way, it's, uh, it was like black wall street. And, uh, I think it was Oklahoma. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm botching uh, it right now. And I'm so no, no, sorry. No, 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 but, no. So, so it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. So they talk about the Tulsa riots. So what they did call it black wall street. It was Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yep, yep. And it's funny because a lot of people are just now getting in tune to that. So it, it's really, so it's funny, man, because we, we're really living in a time where people are denying truth. Yeah. Like people will try to act like shit isn't real. Shit doesn't happen. Or they're trying to make things that are not real, real. Mm-hmm. Um, so that what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma has gotten a lot of coverage over the past few years. That was something I knew about. Like, Oh yeah. Up. No, I knew about it, but yeah. I was, it was funny that Netflix, I mean, that was like a serious production. It wasn't like a last minute. Like they, no, I think they, they had like filmed that and they were ready. And when the moment hit, man, it was like weeks after the riots, boom, new series. And it was like, and then it just, you know, it goes up everywhere, which is good because that, that knowledge needs to be put out to the public because the vast majority of people didn't know about that. Right. Or they knew about it and they weren't talking about it enough. So I think it had a good, it had a good impact. So there are two ways you can look at it because a lot of, you know, there's this whole thing, I guess what they call like critical race theory, mm-hmm. which is really just teaching the real history of what the fuck happened here in this country. Um, people will label things like that divisive. Sure. Right. Why do we need to talk about that now? Mm-hmm. Right. That happened. You know, it's only gonna, you know, and it's like, you know, like, well, I didn't do that or I don't think my kids or like, you know, we should, they should feel guilty for what happened. And it's like, nobody's trying to make anybody feel guilty, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's just like, we need to know yeah. what happened. Yep. People need to understand that there were entire communities that were burned to the ground and people were killed just because they were black and they were doing well yep. for no yep. other reason. They would make up things. Um, you know, because I, I, I'm pretty sure I can't remember exactly how it started, but I'm pretty sure it had to do with something about um, somebody doing something to a white person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's just like, like with um, they're making a new Emmett Till movie, which I don't plan on seeing. Uh, be, but she, Emmett Till was killed because a white woman lied and said he whistled at her. Mm. Right? Um, there, there are countless stories like this. And even still to this day, like, so I don't know if you ever heard of redlining. I know you work in, you know, you're doing real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you ever, so, so, so redlining, the intentional uh, locking out. Sure. Redlining people, and steering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From, from, from accumulating property, yep. which is the main way that people have been able to accumulate wealth. So then when you see kind of like how certain groups of people are farther behind, how black people are farther behind in certain avenues, it was like, it's not because we just didn't want to, you know, or we just like, you know, we, we, we weren't given access. Mm-hmm. We were, it was, it was intentionally done. Um, and it's like, how do we get past that? Like, how do you deal with the problem if you only acknowledge that the problem is there in the first place? Because mm-hmm. I just I just read an article the other day, and this is something that's also common. This this guy had his home appraised, um, and he did it as himself, but then he removed all um anything that led that that spoke to anything black, like all his pictures, you know, all traces of blackness were removed mm-hmm. from his house, right? And then he had his white colleague stand in as the owner, got it reappraised, and it appraised for three hundred thousand dollars more. Right? As a white home, a white owned home. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and this <laughs> that is some illegal <laughs> shit on a federal level, dude. Whoever that appraiser was needs to get his ass fired. And but this is in this is this is 2022 right now, right? And that's not to say you know like everything doesn't have to be about race, right? Yeah. But dude, it's a fucking problem. Yeah, you it's know? a fact. And, and it's we, a fact. Going back yeah, to the history, yeah. like we we for everything we need, we have to teach our history. Like if you if you start to forget it or just make it commonplace to, to just look past it, you know, or have a blind eye to something, then inevitably two generations away, it will be forgotten. So it's like, if you forget that, then you're subject to making the same exact mistakes that you've already made. So why would you not like going back to your comment? You know, I don't, I don't feel guilty. You know, I, I have by no means have any, any black man, black woman, you know, whatever ever made me feel guilty about what happened to them. I had no control over what my ancestors did or maybe didn't do. But the reality of it is that it it is the reality. Like it happened in our country. It's happened in the world. It continues to happen. Like there's places in this country, like I mean, I was raised in, in Northeast Louisiana, right? And and I've told the story to people, you know, I'm 37, I was born in 85, right? Uh my babysitter was a guy that worked for my dad. Like he owned a mechanic shop. We were not affluent at all. You know, he had a mechanic right. shop and it was in Blacktown, and they were like, Black, like almost like you can't say that. And I'm like, no, I fucking can because the reality of it is, is 98% of the demographic in there was black and every business was owned by a black person. So why are we wrong to say black town? And unfortunately, like some communities in Louisiana and all the, some other like Southern states, there's still like, there's not true segregation. Like there's no whites only, but right. it, it is known like, okay, like over on that side of town. But the reality of it is like you know, my parent, my dad owned the shop there. Every single one of his, his workers, he had like 12 people. They were all black because no white guy wanted to go in there and work in that shop, but he couldn't afford to have a shop over on, on the white side of town. Right. So it's like, it, it was, it was just this weird deal. But the, the, the other, the thing I was getting at is that my babysitter, uh, his name was bears. It's huge dude. But anyways, like him and his wife always babysat. If my parents wanted to go out. Yeah, we got you. Like they come over to our house or we go to theirs. And it was, it, but people don't want to hear that kind of stuff because they're putting a blind eye on it. Like, you know, if, if it seems wrong, it probably is wrong, but at, I believe that you need to call a duck a duck. You know what I mean? A fucking spade is a spade. And I don't yeah. think that it's wrong in talking about it. It's like you and I are sitting here talking like you've had a huge impact on me from the very first moment that I met you. Right. Uh, and I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was like, how did like, what's the first like notable moment? And it was hilarious. Cause I think I hopped in your Buick uh, that you had in, in crass and we get in and uh, I, know, I think you were listening to zero seven or so, some band. I, I'm pretty sure it was zero seven. I, I was I, like, I was, he I was heavy in the zero seven. At the time. <laughs> I was like, he is not like any other black dude I ever met. He's jamming zero seven, <laughs> but it, the, you know, that's, that's a stereotype, but the, the reality, I, I don't, I agree with you. I don't think that we need to look past. Do we need to make it like constantly prevalent to where this race feels this way or that? No, but it, the reality of it is it's a problem. I mean, it is a problem. It has been a problem. It's going to continue to be a problem, especially if you just look the other way and say, you know, oh no, this, this didn't happen or I didn't do that. Yeah. Well, no shit, bitch. That's been 500 years ago. We know that you didn't call people over in the 1800s. You know, like we know that, like that's definitive. You don't even know, you know, two generations of, you know, do you, most people might not even know their great, great grandfather, you know? So we know that you didn't do this, but you can't say that it didn't happen and it's not a problem. But I feel like the other side is there's a lot of people like you, you saw it when you came out to visit and we can get into this, but like you come to Southwest Colorado. I think I just ran a demographics report the other day cause I'm doing some commercial work and like it's less than, 
it's less than 2% black. You know what I mean? That that's like with our with our that's yeah, like saying I, I we, we have like, like I saw like two black people the whole time I was there. Yeah, that's that, that literally like the numbers like within our community. That's like thirty three black people. Right. You, I mean, that, so you have a huge chunk of society and geographical regions that do not get to experience life in an eclectic manner with different races. You know, yeah. and and having to learn to live like that and becoming okay. So it's like, I feel that, you know, segregated it, or not, it's segregated, man. You know? I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those things because like, and, and even, even if you yourself or anybody in your family, I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm yeah, no, I got you. If, even if you yourself or nobody in your family ever specifically did anything racist, were racist, you know, had any ties to any of that shit, you still benefit from institutional racism, right? I mean, it's 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 just a fact of life, and like I said, and and, and, you, and you don't have to condone it, but it, it's it's just kind of like by just the fact that you are a white male, you know, you will benefit from certain institutions that I will not benefit from. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that your fault? No, you ain't do this shit. You know, so I, I, I've known you, and, and and I know that you're a good person. You're not somebody that I would ever think right anything about in that regard. But the, the facts are facts. So it's like we need to be able to talk about that, and it's we people like us can only do so much, mm-hmm. right? Like from the outside, it it, it takes people like you that are willing to acknowledge the fact that there is a fucking problem before it can really be able to be fixed or changed or anything like that. It's just it, because there is, it, it, we, we talk about those riots when we talk about George Floyd, dude, like do, do, do you know how, 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 how many names, how many hashtags, how many people that you've just seen just killed on the streets, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, and they'll show that shit over and over and over and over again. But I remember uh, in January 6th, when that, that whole crazy shit happened at the Capitol, yeah. um, there was one white woman that was killed trying to break into the Congress chambers. Mm-hmm. And it was caught on camera, but they never showed it. They, they, they would blur it out or they would cut it out before it happened. Yeah. So it was just like, so black people can die for on public view. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and, and this is kind of like to be expected. You're going to show this, right? Over and over again. But you're you're not going to do that for anybody else. And it's just like and that's why like I I, I you know it's crazy cuz I was talking about this in one of my last episodes. Um some friends of mine who are therapists and we were talking about uh, just you know advocating for therapy and things like that and why it's important to have black therapists Mm -hmm. because there is an inherent trauma that is associated with that comes with being black in America. Sure. That no matter how empathetic you may be, you know, no matter how much you may want to understand, no matter how good of a person that you are, you won't understand, you know, like, 
there was a conversation I had a long time ago. I'll never forget this. Uh, it's with a coworker. He's Korean, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and this guy, we were really cool. I, I, I love the shit out of this guy. Um, but we were having this conversation one day, and he was telling me how, like, man, he always talks shit to police. And, you know, like, he never really, like, gives them respect. And whenever you pull him over, he's always just, like, cursing him out. And just, like, dude, if I lived my life that way, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I live in fear of police. Mm-hmm. Like, anytime I see a, a, a police behind me, I get fucking nervous. Yeah. And it's not, I'm not doing anything wrong, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm not out here, like, I'm not doing anything illegal. Like, all my tags and everything is up to date, you know what I'm saying? My license, my registration, everything. But I've had so many experiences in my life where I've been arrested, searched, just fucked with by the police, you know, thrown in jail, spent nights in jail for no reason at all. Yeah. Right? And simply because of who I was and where I was, what neighborhood I'm in, what I look like. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, this is a common experience for somebody that's like, for a black man that grew up on the South side of Chicago, you know, we all have the same story. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we've all gone to jail, whether or not, whether we were criminals or not, we've all gone to jail. We've all been arrested. We've all been at least harassed at some point by police. Yeah. So the relationship that we have with law enforcement is completely different. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, 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 are, are you scared of police? Like when you see police, do you get nervous? No. No, but you know, I I don't have to, you know, and I'm I, that sounds fucking horrible, right, Drell? But like, yeah, yeah, you know me, but but I'm I'm getting ready to add to you, but I'm let you. So yeah, go, 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 go. No, 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 no. no. I, I want you to finish your thought. No, so yeah, I don't have to. But what I was going to do is expand on what you're saying, is because I've had this conversation with other with other white people, and a kind of a, a common thread of a you know the conversation usually goes, well, you know, don't do bad shit, and you won't get fucked with, and then it's like that's ridiculous. Like this is clearly happening, but again, looking at it the other way, but there was a, a series I just watched the other day about, uh, the, uh, Baltimore police department. It's on HBO. I forget what exactly what it's called, but, but anyways, it, it goes through that whole like period after like Freddie gray and, and going through and showing like what those cops in the, I think it was called like the, the gun traffic control squad, but it goes through and it, and it starts to really exemplify the, the, the scenario of why the black community does not have trust in, in the police, you know, or, or whatever branch of that division that, you know, so it was, it was really, it was actually really good. It kind of showed a lot of light on it and it just, it made it, I think it makes sense. So it's like, if you could have that conversation going, like you do, (laughs) do you know all the injustices that have happened? And like, if you were put in that same scenario, uh, would, would you trust a police officer, you know? And that is a common thing. And you hear that a lot, you know, it was just like, just stop resisting, you know, or just comply. Um, It's just like, or it's like, or you'll see people going to jail and their only charge is resisting arrest. Yeah. It was just like, why the fuck are you like, so you have no reason to arrest me. Normally something like resisting arrest should be in addition to another charge because why the fuck were you trying to arrest me in the first place? Yeah. Yep. Right. It's like, like, we just have to 
dude, I, um, I, I, I'll tell you this one story. Uh, this was, this was probably definitely one of the worst. Um, so I dropped my kid off, you know, uh, so my, my kid's mom, uh, she's in the suburbs, right? So I was dropping my kid's mom off, excuse me. I was dropping my, my kid off to her mom. Uh, she had to have been maybe like one at the time. So drop my kid off to her mom and I'm heading back. I'm driving down the highway. So my, 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 uh, one of my headlights went out mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, bullshitting on fixing it. So coincidentally, uh, when I picked her up a couple of days ago, I had gotten a ticket. I got pulled over and I got a ticket. Right. So, you know, when they, when you get a ticket for a moving, like moving violation, all the times so they take your license. So I didn't have my actual license. I had, my, I had a ticket. So I'm, I'm on my way back home. I get pulled over. I'm like, fuck. You know what I'm saying? So I'm assuming, you know, for my headlight, right? So guy pulls me over and uh, something told me, I just had this feeling in my gut, uh, like something ain't right, right? So guy walks up and uh, he asked me like, you know, do you know I pulled you over? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm assuming for my headlight. He was just like, yeah, that, and I can smell the weed coming off you. And I'm just like, do I just drop my kid off? <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I literally just like, like maybe like a block away. So, um, so I, I he asked me for my license. I tell him, well, like, I just got this ticket. Um, so I don't have my license. I have the ticket and I also have my state ID. So I give my state ID. I give him my insurance. He goes back to the car and soon as I, as soon as that happens, I call my mom. I'm just like, Hey, can you stay on the phone with me? Cause I'm pretty sure this dude is going to try to take me to jail and I just don't want anything else to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, he comes back and he's just like gun drawn, get the fuck out the car. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, Whoa, Whoa. Okay. So like, I, and I, I got my, my, my mom still on the phone so she can hear me. So my mom hears this. She calls my father. My father just so happened to be in the area. Right. So this guy, Puts me in handcuffs, puts me in the back of the car. Now, you know I'm a big guy, right? Yeah. I have a wide back, but I'm also not very flexible in the shoulder area. <laughs> <laughs> so when, whenever I've been putting handcuffs, a lot of times they'll put two on me mm-hmm. just because it's, you know, it's, so I'm not in like just in excruciating pain. This guy puts me in one pair of handcuffs. I don't know if you've ever been in the back of a police car. Oh, it's yeah. not very comfortable. It's, it, <laughs> what do you it, mean? It, it, it's, it's all plastic. It's super comfy, right? It's cozy, especially when you're sitting right. on your fucking pinkies. Right. Yeah. So, I'm, so I'm, I'm sitting in the back seat, man, and this dude is um, saying all types of wild shit to me. Like, so he searches my car, doesn't find anything, and he gets back in the car, man. Like, And he, this dude tells me, like, I hope I find weed on you at lockup so I can put more charges on you. And I'm just like, holy fuck. Um, so he's telling me, so the car is in my name, insurance is in my name. But so there was a typo, and I found this out. I had to get this fixed. So my driver's license has my middle initial, mm-hmm. right? My state ID did not have my middle initial. So he's running my name, my state ID, nothing's coming up. So he's telling me that I've never had a driver's license. And I'm like, sir, I bought a vehicle and I have auto insurance. 
They yeah. don't, you can't do these things without a driver's license. And so he just, so then my father comes, right? So my father comes, he sees me in the back seat, and my father's just like, hey, what's going on? He was just like, you know, I was arresting your, your son. You know, he was driving, you had weed in the car. And it was just, but he was like, my father's like, well, did you find some? He was just like, no. And so my, my father's just like, well, you know, he just dropped his daughter off. So I'm pretty sure he wasn't smoking weed with his, with his daughter in the car. The cop tells my father, uh, I don't think you know your son as well as you think you do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, my God. So, so, but the thing is, the way this dude was talking to me, I'm glad my father showed up because I, I legit don't know what the fuck would have happened. Because he's telling me that he wants to be able to put charges on me. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, So what ended up happening was he told my car. Uh, and then he took me to jail. I ended up having to spend the night in jail. If, like, and it was like for nothing. For nothing. What's the repercussion? For, I mean, like, it, it, did you, like, what can no, you do? I had, absolutely nothing. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I just had to sit there and take it. Um, you know, lost the night of my life. You know what I'm saying? And this wasn't the only time shit like this is happening. But this was like the most blatant, like, just basically, I, I did nothing. You know what I'm saying? Outside, okay, like my my headlight was out, mm-hmm. but I shouldn't be I shouldn't have to go to jail for a night because my headlight is out. Sure, but this is like a common experience that people such as myself have with dealing with law enforcement. You know what I'm saying? And it's 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 not it it really is frustrating when people try to minimize and act like you know we're just violent. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, we're doing things to cause this stuff. And I'm not saying that everybody that's ever, you know what I'm saying, fallen victim or anybody that's ever, like, found themselves in a situation didn't deserve it. You know, because there's plenty of people out here that were doing shit that had, they had no business doing, you know. But there is a difference in the way in this country that black people are policed. And the data shows it. You know what I'm saying? It's sure. it's not a it's it's not a myth. It's not something that we're making up. It's not something that we're looking for for sympathy. It's a fucking fact. And it's it's really frustrating when people try to minimize it that way. Mm-hmm. So sorry, I kinda knew I went off on a little no, bit. No, no, you didn't. I think it's super <laughs> important to hear and talk about that stuff. I mean, I think, you know, I read a lot about it um as you know, as much as I can and try and follow, you know, what's what's happening, but you know, the, a lot of things you see, like with, with the, uh, police department, you know, reforms and things that are coming out, it's like, it's, it's very depressing. And, and I know Jarrell that I don't personally experience it because I'm not a black man and I live in an area right. where there's very, very, you know, we, we do have a lot of native Americans here, but we, we, we obviously the demographics, we, we do not have very many, um, black people. And, but the thing of it is, is it, it does make you feel horrible when when you see these you see these things you see good honest people try and do things to to correct a problem or you know get things going and it's like either that that reform is hit with such opposition almost like a head wall or it feels like a freaking drop in a bucket you know what i mean it's like but but the thing and and then to to kind of offset that you hear a lot of people say oh this reform is not going to do anything well, it's not going to do anything if you go into it with that mentality. Like this, this right. is a, a microcosm of a step 
to try and better our future. We're never going to go back in the past and change some shit. But if we don't do things to start to slowly, like you, you have to have police reform. You like, you know, I, I don't know if I disagree or believe with, you know, defunding the police. I think that we need to overfund it and correct the right way to, to, to get the reforms done. That's going to take finances. That's going to take money. Um, but the, it, it feels, it feels like very shameful that like one side of our country will want to do something to kind of hopefully offset and better it for the next two generations. Right. Cause uh, I do think that it's going to take two or three generations to fix. And that's unfortunate, but that's, that's a real reality. It's so yeah. this hatred, this, this uh, injustice, this racism across many different races in our country is so ingrained in our society that you're not going to fix it. It will never be fixed in our lifetimes. It will always yeah. exist. We will try. We can maybe see little glimpses, but as long as like this generation teaches that generation and we start to build these reforms and changes, then there is a, maybe a slight light, at least at this moment in time, at the, at the end of the tunnel of injustice, but it's going to take people making those tiny little steps. And, and we're such an instant gratification society anymore that like making, putting that drop in the bucket, good, or, you know, as long as if it's good, it's like, they can't, there's not enough of a ripple to see yeah. the impact in there in the next week or two months. It's like, nothing is done like that. You know what I mean? Like this no. doesn't have a season. It doesn't grow like a crop. You don't till this up and plant corn because last year you planted peas, right? We're right, trying to right, make it right. to where this ground can always plant corn without messing up the soil, you know? And it's, it's kind of a weird concept, but I, I don't like hearing that, that side of it when people are like, well, it's not going to have any impact. It will, but it's going to take yeah. continually doing the same things and then advancing on that. Right. Like, yeah. and, and, and also getting the communities involved. That's a, you know, I think so, that that's a big deal, you know? I think um, people, so especially in 2020, man, we got a lot of like, um, there, we got a lot of, uh, how should I put this? Um, it's like, we got shit like, they, they, they took Aunt Jemima off of the pancake box. Yeah, what the fuck does you that do? What, what does that do? <laughs> I mean, in all reality, you know man, yeah. like, what does and, that do? I mean, I understand, like, maybe it's disrespectful. I, I can totally agree with that. Yeah, that is not going like, to stop police brutality. It's not going to do any fucking thing. For fucking ancient. Uh, <laughs> and, and so we, 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 it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of shit like that, right? Yeah. Um, and when you talk about like police reform, uh, that stuff. So it's it's not so much about we talk about people want to talk about abolishing the police, defunding the police. Um, I do feel like there's no reason why law enforcement. Like local law enforcement should have like tanks, yeah, and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So you can defund it. I mean, the police are they, they are necessary, but in terms of like how they're trained, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like the people that are training them, like how they look at the people that they are supposed to be serving and protecting. Sure. Um, a lot, and a, and a lot of this shit happens, man, because they're fucking scared. That's what you know? I was gonna say. They are. <laughs> legitimately scared and like i can yeah. say that firsthand like being a white i mean like we were coming to visit or trying to come and visit it's been a decade ago now right my son's 10 right, but right. We, we we had this like hippie van and we were loaded up and it was like hey man we're gonna come out and stay with you he's like you can you can stay with me man but like i would you can't park your car like it, shit's gonna get jacked you know and it, well, i mean we okay. had like we had like the tooly rack on the top with all of our shit you know and it's like 
Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like, somebody was going to try to. So somebody was going to try to fuck with it. And, but the thing is, it's not like you could have. You you could have came in my neighborhood and been completely fucking safe, mm-hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it it so. But it's this fear that people have. It's like okay. Now I remember when we were down there, uh, and you know they used to have the WGN news. They would play the Channel Nine news or Chicago news at night, mm-hmm. right? And so you would see like all like so the news is always going to report like how many people got shot, who got murdered today. You know, what I'm saying somebody got stabbed on the train, and it's just like if you just watch all of that stuff, you would think that as soon as you step foot on the south side of Chicago, you got to look around. Somebody's might be going to shoot you or some shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And it's and it's, uh, it's it's just it's not like that in real life. Yeah. But when you when you look at the people that police our communities, man, and leaving a lot of some people that grew up in our in our in our neighborhoods and and like know the the territory, mm-hmm. they're fucking scared. They see a lot of shit. But being a policeman is a hard fucking job, right? And that's why I don't think anybody should be allowed to be a fucking policeman. Not you know? just anybody. They need the. They need. Yeah. The, yeah. You shouldn't just be like what? What is a police academy? Six months? I don't even honestly, bro. I don't even know it's that much here, especially now because it's, the funny thing is, since 2020, the Chicago police. I don't know about everywhere else, but Chicago police, man, they're having a hard time finding bodies. Nobody wants to go. Nobody wants to be a police officer, man. Like they probably yeah. get more daily interaction. Like you think about this, right? So I don't know what boot camp is, but let's say you go to boot camp for for whatever. Like you don't stop training and just like, all right, here's a car. Go do what we told you to do. You know, here's, you know, you, you continually keep training to kind of better yourself at that. But like, I feel like police officers aren't trained enough anywhere near enough to be able to deescalate a situation that can come up like that. Right. Like they're, they're not, and they're not special forces, but they have more interaction on a daily basis than I would say any of, and they're not military, but they definitely have more interaction on a daily basis than any person in the military. Like you got people that have gone in 20, 20, 25 years in the military. They never saw a battle. They never had to pull out their gun. They have duty. And probably the vast majority of police never have to pull out their gun, but they're constantly walking up to a door on a car, whether it was they, that person was pulled over wrongfully or not. You don't know what's going to happen. And so I go feel ahead. like that is, that is, that is a Molotov cocktail ready to explode because they're not trained enough to realistically be doing that job adequately. And they're making moments decisions and a lot of times yeah. poorly not not that's probably you know i'm the 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 weird thing too is that i'm not trying to downplay the amount of like public deaths that have happened by any means but what i'm saying is that our media is very good at right ex- like exploding a small minutia Oh, yeah. Of the terrible, right? It's bad. It's, it's clickbaitable, right? They're not reporting real news anymore. It's like here, this is clickbaitable. This is going to get us a thousand views in a, you know, right. second. And so like those, those, the bad cops, like at least I should say, I, I would like to think that the cops that are truly doing things poorly and that are just labeled potentially as a bad cop are still the minority of all cops. I'm not saying that it- they're not practicing out of fear. Cause I do think that a lot of times they are for sure, but that's that going back to right, you know, getting on, what is the train there? The L. Yeah. We have a yeah. the L. The, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I've, yeah. Every time, like, 
like Arizona, WGN news, like somebody gets stabbed in the mouth today. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought for sure in college, man, I'm like, Drell's going to die here in a couple of years for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, here I am. but here that's I the am thing is like, alive. it's, it's not that bad. Simone and I wrote it. You know what I mean? I mean, right. it, it, there's, it, it's, 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 it's how people perceive. And if they truly believe that the news is reporting things that are newsworthy, it's like, yeah. we're just trying to put the most hot topic on here right now. So that we can get you to click into it. We can advertise something because they're still getting paid from ads. And that's, that, that's the thing is like, I, man, I wish, yeah. that, I don't know. Not that, not and they that. Say, I was saying, if they say it bleeds, it leads, right? So I think it's, it's an institutional thing, man. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really just feel like there is, there's just a change in, in mind state, you know, that need that that needs to happen, and like you said, it's, it's probably not going to happen in our lifetimes. Um, but it just needs to be more so about man. We just got to give a fuck about each other. Exactly, you got to be At a damn. Day, you have to be a human being, and we kind of talked about yeah. this for a little bit last time. But like yeah. you and I, we you know we're we're planting again tiny baby seeds of trying to better a situation. However, we can do that. If right. that's, if that's therapy for somebody to listen to this podcast, or if they get a little sliver out of this and they want to do something better, we're trying to bring all the boats up, right? We're trying to rise the tide, lift everybody. And we are clearly from two different geographical, cultural, ethnic, you know, we're, we're from two different backgrounds, but that has never been an issue between you and I, or you and my, my, my wife, or you and my in-laws, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you have always st- stepped foot and, and it was like, this is who Kyle is. This is how it is. You know, he's an, he's an honest person. I'm going to treat him for what it is. I'm not going to confuse the situation because he has never lived in my shoes. He's never been a black man on the South side of Chicago, but you've also never been in my shoes. And so, but we see the good in both. Right. And so I think yeah. that if, if, if at a minimum, if people can start to have a conversation and maybe they don't have those opportunities, but I think if they can start to have a conversation to hear each other out, and not 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 be like I disagree with you, and I want my point to be proven. It's like no, shut the fuck up, listen, and then reply like in kind. And it doesn't have to be an argument. It's how do we become a society that can talk to each other without thinking that it has to be at the end of a bullet. So it's it's not because like people get caught up so caught up in being right. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Sometimes it's not about right or wrong. It's sometimes it's just different. Yeah. Sometimes we agree to disagree. Right. So it's like, if we can, so, so like me and you, like, so we know each other for a long time. It's not like r- race and all this other shit has never really been like, we've never had to have these type of conversations no. with each other about like, you know, like our cultures and you respecting my culture and me respecting yours. We've, we've never, we've never really had to jump through those hoops. We've always just been cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're just, we're, we're, we're two guys, you know what I'm saying? Similar interests. We were, we were both there in audio school. We we're both out here trying to make it, man, do something with our lives. And we could just build off of that, mm-hmm. you know? So, it, it and just the fact that I was able to fucking call you up a couple of days and just like, you know what I'm saying? Come to your fucking uh, house when now you're in your house because you were moving. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, dude, <laughs> I, thought I, yeah. I thought I was coming to your house. Yeah, for sure. That didn't happen. Well, um, I mean, what do you do? You're like, I already bought the ticket. And I was like, all right, shit, fuck, come on out. Let's go. Yeah, man. You know? <laughs> like, remember you always told me, man, I can come out there. Yeah. Like, here I am. I bought the fucking ticket. Yeah. Tickets were um, cheap. Pick me up at 1130. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah, it was like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, man. So it's like, so for, and for me to just be able to come out there and, and honestly, bro, like, 
that first visit mm-hmm. out there was life changing. Yeah. Like I tell people all the time, man, I, t- I tell people the story about that first night when I, when we were at your, uh, your father-in-law's house. Oh yeah. And you know, he's out there like in the mountains, in the mountains, like no, like no paved roads. So I'm getting ready to go outside and you're like, you want to take a flashlight? Like, dude, I'm just, I'm just going to the car. And I remember opening the door and sticking my hand out and I couldn't see my hand anymore. I'm like, let's take that flashlight. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's dark, man. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Like I, so, so I go outside, but then I looked up and I'm just like, holy shit, I can see the Milky Way, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we were talking about the wedding yesterday when I, I crashed your, uh, your, your, your wife's sister's wedding. Oh, dude, that um, was hilarious. <laughs> and that, who's, who, who's, who's fucking house were we at? Uh, so that was this uh, people that we knew. He was a lawyer in town. His name is uh, uh, Marty Freeman. Uh, good okay. dude. Got me out of jail a couple times. Uh, <laughs> so he was a good guy. But uh, yeah, yeah, so they had that place. And that, that you know, that uh, they, that's at the end of a big subdivision. But that place was like, you know, it was, I think it's Falls Creek is the name of the subdivision. Gorgeous. I mean, beautiful. You see the mountains, huge dude. ponderosa trees, you know. It was like. It was like his, his his backyard was like this huge like just plot of land. Yeah, like n- nestled in the, in the middle of a mountain range, and and I just remember. So first off, I'm like, okay, it's like a fucking log cabin. I I, ain't, I ain't know people actually lived in places like this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I I I go in there, and then I walk outside. I remember I walked outside by myself, and it was so fucking quiet. And when you're in the city. You're all you're, you're used to noise like mm-hmm. at all times, like you know. So even when you think it's quiet, it's really not. And I go outside, just like you legit hear nothing. Like, dude, I can hear like the wind coming down and then going through the grass and shit. Yeah, right. And I'm, and like it's 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 blowing my fucking mind. And I'm just sitting here looking around, and it's so fucking beautiful. You know, I was I was completely mesmerized, man, and. That just opened like my mind up. It's not like I'd never been out the city. Like I had been camping, you know. I, sure. I mean, I, I went to school in Iowa, but I had never seen anything that fucking beautiful before. It's definitely different, man. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's weird when you're away from it for a while, coming back to it. Like being in Texas, we were in what their hill country. It's like three hundred foot elevation drops, right? It's nothing. It's right. like this is a fucking literally a hill. And so coming back home, you see it, and and it's uh. It's it's a bit like otherworldly at times, man. It's really it's kind of captivating. Doesn't feel real when you haven't seen it for a few years, you know. You're kind right. of looking at it, and it's just, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely a trip, man. I, I uh, it's something is again. Go, you, you comment earlier about energy, right? There, there is a certain, not to say that there's clearly energy in a city, right? It's constant motion, it's movement. Right. You know, it, nothing ever really sleeps, right? It, but like, there is a weird energy about the mountains, you know, and I can't speak sure. about a lot of other mountain communities. Like I've never lived in Utah. I've never lived in, you know, the Sierra Nevadas, like Lake Tahoe, California kind of thing. But at least here, there, there is a weird energy behind the mountain range. And you, you feel it when you don't, when you've never seen it before. And when you come back to it after a few years. Um, so it's definitely an experience. I think a lot of people should, should do, I'm not saying it's going to be a cheap vacation, but just to see, like, I wish like that was probably so what was that? 2012. So iPhones were still shit. Yeah. You might've had it, but like, I remember we went up to the, like the top, like legit, the top of the mountains where that yeah. lookout was. And you hiked up and you're like, like I took that photo of you. I think I still have yeah. maybe a copy, but 
Like I yeah, wish I still, I, st- I still have it somewhere on my Facebook profile. But I, dude, I yeah, wish yeah. that we had like cameras now, you know, like iPhone 13 or whatever, like, you know, with like some ridiculous megapixel and yeah. for that picture, because it, it's, it's really, it, that was a cool picture. Cause it was like clouds. And I remember like, you could see like three or four or five different 14,000 foot peaks and you're just standing on this rock, you know? And yeah. uh, it's pretty crazy. I, I just, I had never seen anything like that in person. Yeah. So, and so it, it just kind of like opened me up and exposed me to something different. I've been, I mean, I've come back to visit you since then. Mm-hmm. I, I've been to Colorado several times uh, since I had a friend of mine that, uh, that, uh, that uh, she was from Breckenridge. Oh, okay. Um, I went on, so I went out to Breck. My first time ever getting altitude sickness, actually. Was in Breck? Uh, yeah, man. Because I didn't realize how much higher Breck, Breck is. Dude, it's, you can legit get sick from altitude sickness. Like it's, it's bad. Like you can, I mean, did you have a bad, bad of it or was it? So, so I was, it was, um, so we, we, we first got there and I was cool. And then we went to this, like, we were in this restaurant. We were just sitting there chilling. I was just like, I feel a little weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Um, like my head, I feel like a little, a little dizzy or something. So I remember we went to her, uh, we, we went, uh, we ended up going to a family house and I was like, dude, I got to fucking, I, I got to crash. I got, I, I, I just got to go to sleep. And when I woke up the next day, I was fine. But that first night it was just like, bro, I feel horrible. Yeah. Like, I've, heard, just, I've heard a lot of people, like a lot of backpackers that come up, even if they've trained at altitude, you know, they'll get up at 10,000, 11,000 feet and like, just have to take a nap. Like, it's just like, this is whooping my ass. You know, it's a real deal. Yeah. They got oxygen bars <laughs> like throughout right. town and then up at the mountain, like the ski area, they've got like three or four different oxygen bars and people just go in there and get a little, so get a the, little hit. <laughs> Durango was like, it's like, it was like 6,000 feet above. Yeah, it, it's, level? yeah. Six. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe okay. 65, 68. So, and I think Breck is like, like, like 10,000 above. I don't think it's a 10. It's, it's, it's probably the same elevation. It's about 7,000. I think it's a little bit okay, higher because it's it's actually at the Breck is like around the the resort. It's like built around okay. the resort, right? So yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, so it's probably little, it's probably a little higher. Maybe maybe seven thousand, maybe eighty five hundred. Oh no, wherever the fuck it was. Like when I came to, when I came to Durango, I never had it because I remember you were telling me like mm-hmm. you, know, you might have some problems. When I came out there, I was fine. I never yeah. had any issues. But when I went to Breck, definitely, definitely, <laughs> so definitely. Sure. Hey, when we, oh, yeah. when we were, uh, when we were driving out to my in-laws, right. So just to kind of put it, you know, so like where, where my wife and I, when you came to visit, like you took a nap right off the plane, boom. And like there, I yeah. think my, my son's bed was still left there and you were like, yeah, this will work. I'm just going to hit this for like 30 <laughs> minutes. Like, so we did that. And then we're like, Hey, we got to get out of the house. Like we're, this is the last. So from where we were, Jarrell took this nap where we took this nap. My parents, my, my in-laws are probably 50 minutes south of there, right? So it's like a good hour outside of the town. And so when we're right. driving out there, you, you, get, you get past, I don't know if you remember that little bitty town, Ignacio, but we get past mm-hmm. that and then there's nothing. It's like, right. and then it, you're, in, you're kind of driving in a valley and you can see the mountains on the end. Uh, <laughs> did, you, did you think I was taking you somewhere to murder your ass? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Yeah. I, I honestly, bro, I never had any of those thoughts. Uh, I just, I, I always felt at peace. Yeah. Like I never had any, I, I never had any thoughts. I never thought that you were going to murder me. Well, good, uh, good. I was uh, <laughs> glad that you didn't actually murder me. Yeah. Um, no, nah, man, I was just, only thing I ever thought about is just like, man, are there like fucking like cougars out here or some shit? Oh yeah. Or, like some, you know what I'm saying? So like just, just avoiding stuff like that, but. 
I mean, I didn't plan on going walking by myself through the mountains or anything, you know, but it was even cool. Just like he had that, 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 that stretch of land that he had that you can just kind of like, he had like that nice little lookout point, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then it, yeah, nah, it, it was, but it was definitely an experience and it was just kind of like, you know, never you guys but it was just like, like who the fuck else is out here though sure you sure. know but, yeah you gotta worry i mean, I mean but, that, that the second time you came up you guys had that you took the you took my car and i think you guys went to the movies and somebody fucked with you guys at the movie theater yeah it was no, no, it was it was it wasn't necessarily somebody fuck with this uh people were just you know saying stupid ass shit i think i really don't even remember exactly what i remember a, a, a little bit about that mm-hmm. but it was such a small insignificant part of that visit um that it's not so it's it, that's definitely not something that, honestly i had never thought about that shit again until you just said it yeah um, I, uh, I just it, remember because it, it pissed me off it was like yo i got a really good friend of mine up here visiting like you guys go out on a date take our car go do your thing and then some ignorant asshole is fucking with you for for probably some ignorant ass reason that he really you know maybe showing off for a friend i'm gonna do some stupid shit watch this guys it, yeah. it just made me and, and, mad. It kind of stuck in my head. Like, man, I'm, you know, just I, fucking stupid people. <laughs> but you know, I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna have assholes everywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and also, I'm very, very capable of handling myself. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just felt like, man, hey, man, if you want to start some shit with me, you're more than welcome to. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I'm not afraid. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? If it's just like, you know, like, like man to man. I, I don't I don't fear any fucking body. Yeah. So I I mean so like people were in the say shit then you know like and, and it and it wasn't I remember it wasn't anything to the point where I feel like I had to put my hands on a guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh like I said, I can't even remember exactly where it was. I just remember it was just like hey, this dude is a dick. Yeah. Um but it, it was it, yeah, it that was just like this the this very singular experience. That happened the whole the, the the rest of the time I was there, man. It was just it was nothing but like fucking beauty. The food was fucking good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's just like the air was crisp. That you know, it's not that same. <laughs> the, the fucking honey, man. The, the honey, I, I couldn't. I was literally like just making pieces of toast. Yeah, you know what I'm saying <laughs> just, just to have the fucking honey, man. It's yeah. like I, you know, and I, I, it's, it's, and I'm telling you, it's an experience that I've always talked about, like to this day, mm-hmm. you know. I've um, you know, I've told my kid about it, man. I got pictures, like I've shown people. It's just like it's it was definitely like a life changing thing to just let you know, like you know, you grow up um, in the city in the urban area your whole life, and Chicago is a beautiful city. Oh yeah, like I've I've been blessed enough to travel a lot, uh, especially with my job. So I've seen a lot of cities, you know, architecturally Chicago. Probably the most beautiful city in the planet, mm-hmm. right? Super gorgeous. I mean, it's, it, it is fucking amazing, especially in the summertime, man. Lakefront, yo, it's 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 a it's a great, great, great place to be. But it's just it's just something different. Like you say, it's that it's some it's some energy or something out there. It's just like like I miss it, right? Like I haven't I haven't gone. Like that trip to Breck was in twenty eighteen. Right. So like so so I, I've been kinda like fiending to get back out. Yeah. To like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I not, not even if it's not even Colorado, man, like going to different places like, you know, I'm uh, trying to go like Yellowstone. Yeah. Uh maybe going like Wyoming, hitting up Jackson, uh, you know, Montana, shit like that, like kinda like that whole 
Idaho, Pacific Northwest area. Um, yeah, it, it's just kind of, and, and, and I'm not sure that I would have that type of desire had it not been for me coming to visit you that first time. Yeah. Um, so it's even like, you know, and it, it just coming, coming back to our time at Kras, it's like, even though what we specifically went out there for probably didn't work out, mm-hmm. like it, it, it still was an, an experience that enriched my life in ways that I'm still really thankful for to this day. And things are, it, it's, it's still happening. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, us even doing this right now is a direct result of that. Like we, we we never we never would have fucking met had it not been for that. Sure, no, not a, yeah, yeah, not in a million yeah. years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, I mean, two two people, two different parts of the country, two very different walks of life. You know, had we not been in that place, you know, on a singular mission, like you know, I mean, who knows? So and like, who knows if I had ever like had the, those types of experiences, man? Seeing that different part of life. Just seeing, man, just some of the natural beauty that this world has to offer, um, you know, man. So it's just, I'm just thankful for those experiences, man, and thankful for that you allowed me to come crash your wife's sister's wedding. <laughs> that shit was so funny. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure there's a picture with you holding my like infant nephew, and like yeah. uh, he had some. I think he was wearing like a bright red shirt. I gotta look it up, but it was hilarious. Yeah. And like we didn't yeah. tell anybody like at all. I mean, my in laws knew because like. And that was the other thing is like, Hey, come visit you. And then all of a sudden I take you 40 miles South and we go live with my, stay with my in-laws. Cause we were building, we were trying to build a house. And so we stayed with them for a little bit and I remember, uh, Oh dude, it was a trip, but uh, I was going to say something. Yeah. And like, it was weird that, so my father-in-law brought this up after the fact, like after you left and, and it was, I, I now I think about it every time I'm introducing a person or a friend of mine of another race, I purposely don't say their race, but I never did before. And it was so weird. And my father-in-law was like, you know, uh, he's, when you left, he's like, yeah, you never, you never told us that Jarrell was black. We were just, were like, yeah, we got uh, our friend Jarrell's coming in from Chicago and they're like, all right, cool, whatever. And it was no issue. Like, you know, they, they had no qualms with it by any means, but it was something like he brought that up and I, I started thinking about it and I was like, I just never, I never introduced anybody like that. It was always like, Hey, my friend's coming out. And, but now that he said that is, kind of going back to our comment a minute ago, right? I don't want to get it back on the race deal, but it was like, he's not racist. But when he meant that he like planted that seed. And now every single time I introduce anybody of a different race than me, I always think about making sure that I don't say what their race is. And I hate that because it was, it was inherent in the way that I was brought up. And I just, I, I never, I never introduced people. And now that he said that one thing, I think about it every fucking time. And it's like, man, this is, this is so, but it, it goes back to how microscopic your, your impacts can have on other people. I think for, for, you know, but either way, just a tangent, but Hey, so before we get off here, I do want to talk about it. So, uh, I, I purposely did not watch it and I, I will go watch the episode, but, uh, you did a solo cast the other day and it yeah. was titled, uh, it was t- two things. I, I purposely have not watched two of your episodes promise you I will after this is, this is recorded, but I didn't want to tarnish anything and make it feel like it was fake news on this podcast. So you uh, had, you had one that was titled jujitsu saved my life. Yep. And and I want to talk to you about that because like, we, I mean, I, like we, we mentioned this last night. It's so weird. Like we know, know each other in, in our own right. Like we know what our friendship is. We, we, we have that, that relationship, but like mm. in the holistic view of someone's life, 
you know, such a small little tiny avenue. And so when I saw you first started going like probably a few years ago now, like to jujitsu class and you're putting some stuff up on social media, I was like, what the fuck? Like, was he, he's like rolling. Like, I mean, you're not a small dude. What are you? Six, two, six, three, six, two, six, two, six, two. I mean, like you are not a small man. And I'm like, dude, no, he no. is a, he's going to be heavyweight for sure. Or whatever the weight class oh, yeah. is, and he's gonna be rolling with some big, big dudes. And so when I saw that, I was like, "That's crazy." So, uh, what what led you to just out of nowhere decide to to start this uh, adventure with jujitsu? Because you've kept it up for a few years. It sounds like it. Yeah. I mean, with a title like Jujitsu Save My Life. So how the how the fuck did you get into jujitsu, man? <laughs> so um, it's actually a that's it's actually a funny story. So I tell this story on the, on that episode. Um, so. I actually started a while ago, man. Uh, so I, I kind of like started. I don't know if I, I remember. I don't know if I ever told you I, I herniated a disc in my back. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. So it's so fucking painful. So okay, my first jujitsu lesson was in 2013. Right. This guy, I was working out with him. He was a personal trainer. This guy named Unique. Uh, it's his real name. People always ask for that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, so Unique gay things. Um, I was working out with him. So a friend of mine was going to him and she was like, Hey, you should come check this guy out. I think he's really cool. You know what I'm saying? You could probably, you know, you know, and, and I've been, you know, you know, you've always known me. I've, I've always kind of like tried to keep myself in good shape, work mm-hmm. out. Uh, so I'm like, I don't need a fucking personal trainer. You know what I'm saying? I know how to work out myself, but she kept like bugging me. So I was like, you know what? I would just go one time so I could shut her up and tell her, you know, I've done it. You know, I didn't like it. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up going and the workouts are actually pretty challenging. So I was like, okay. So I uh, start working out with the guy. And then he starts talking about it because he teaches jujitsu. He's just like, man, you know I teach jujitsu, but I think you'd be good for it. And this time, I am 31 years old. And I'm like, dude, I am not about to start a fucking martial art in my 30s. Yeah. Right? It's just, it's, it's, just, it's not going to fucking happen. So he keeps staying on me about it. So, all right. One day, I used to work out with him in the morning. So one day in the morning, he tells me, hey, I'm going to have jujitsu class around such and such time. So I'm like, okay, I'll stop by and, and just check it out. In my mind, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to fucking stop by. But it just so happened that later on, I went running on the lakefront. And I had on my drive home, I had to drive right past his gym. And I was driving past. I noticed it's like right around the time he said he was going to have class. So I'm like, man, you know what? Fuck it. Let me stop here and I'll just watch. Now, like I can say, I looked at it. It's not for me. And then he can leave me alone. So. I go in there and he's training a few women, right? And uh, not, not jujitsu, just on the personal training side, mm-hmm. exercise. So I go around, go in there like, hey man, you know, uh, when's class gonna start? He was like, oh yeah, class is about to start. So I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, I guess you know what I'm saying. Like, are, are the women gonna be doing jujitsu? Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, uh, so, so then the women leave, and it's just me and him there. So I'm like. Okay, are other people coming? Like, where the fuck are the students? So he goes into the back and he comes out and he has this gi on, right? And he he then throws me a gi. So I'm like, this fucking dude is challenging me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so Unique is probably like 20 years older than me. I, I had to outweigh him by at least 60 pounds. I'm in good shape. So I'm thinking, hey, man, worst case scenario, I can just muscle this guy. You know what I'm saying? I don't have the technique, but, he you know, I should, I should be able to hold my own, right? So put the gi on, 
we immediately go into sparring, and this dude whoops my ass, bro. Yeah. I'm talking about just <laughs> throwing me all over the fucking place. You know what I'm saying? Like putting me in all types of crazy, like arm locks, shoulder locks, choke holds. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, man, how the fuck is this dude so strong? You know what I'm saying? It's like, because I legit can't do anything with him. I can't move him. I can't get his hands off of me. Nothing. So after about an hour of me getting my ass whooped, I'm like, you know, I need to try this shit. You know what I'm saying? So I ended up started going to class. Um, I did my first tournament after uh, working with him for a few months. Uh, but then the guy ended up losing his gym. Uh, so after a couple of years, we didn't have a consistent place to train. So uh, he finally gets another. He finally gets another gym. So I start training with him again, and then I hurt my back. Hmm. So now I'm out for like a couple of years, man. And uh, herniated disc, man, it's just not. I wouldn't wish that shit on my worst enemy. Yeah. It was horrible. Uh, so after physical therapy, a couple of years, um, you know, I start feeling it again, uh, and I go back to him, but this time it's I'm not. I got, I'm in a different place in life, mm -hmm. right? I got, I got a different job, job a little more demanding. Um, and then, you know, his classes are starting later and they don't always start on time. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, man, I don't, I don't really have the patience for this right now. So I'm just like, you know what, man, maybe jujitsu is just not for me. And it's also, so, so this is in 2013. So now we're getting into like 2017, 2018, right? So I'm pretty much giving up on jujitsu at this point, right? But there's another guy that I met through his gym. This guy named Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy is the guy who's, who I train with now. Uh, Jimmy started hitting me up on social media, asking me to come, you know, come train. He had just opened again, opened up a gym. It's like, man, come check me out. And I'm just like, man, you know what? I'm straight. Uh, you know, like I'm not really thinking about it. But he kept hitting me up. You know, he stayed on me. Like, so there's a theme here. Um, so he stayed on me, and I eventually came to check it out, and his class was just different. Like the way he taught, uh, the structure, uh, it worked with my schedule. Um, and you know, I, I, and it, so I started taking it a little more seriously at that point. Plus he was more challenging me from the standpoint of, man, you've been a white belt for a while. You know, if you want to advance in this art, you have to be consistent you have to come. So, cause at first I was just kind of like dropping into class like once a week here, there, mm -hmm. but then like once he kind of said that to me, you know, it was a challenge. So I'm like, okay. So I started coming consistently. Um, but the reason why I say jujitsu saved my life was because when we were talking about when I first, that when it really first set in a year after my brother died, we kind of went into another lockdown um, where we couldn't exercise, like the gyms closed. And during that point in time, that depression was so heavy on me that like there were days where I really, like, you know, I'm working from home. I just got my laptop, like, in the bed with me, and I'm just not getting out of bed. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm just, I don't, I don't have, want anything to do with anything, man. Just, like, I'm doing just enough to get by. You know what I'm saying? Um, but jujitsu gave me something to focus on. So what ended up happening was uh, Jimmy was kind of training by himself. So I ended up just starting to pop in on him. So he started to just train me. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I mean, you know, they, we have these like, like jujitsu dummies where it's like we practice, we can practice different holds and locks and things on. And man, he would just have me working with the dummy, like, uh, 
like doing uh, 200 Kimuras, 100 on each side, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like doing all these fucking, uh, uh, all these different types of techniques. And then we, me and him would spar. And that really kind of like elevated my game because he was able, because like, you know, when you're doing the group class, he's just teaching for the group. Sure. But since it was just me, he was able to tailor things specifically for my skill set. You know what I'm saying? Like things where I'm deficient, we're able to work on and places where I'm strong, we're able to add to. And to be able to like to have that progress and to see that, 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 or to have something to focus on during that time, I don't know what I would have done without it. Sure. Like, I don't know, like mentally, like, because there was legit, like I was struggling for my sanity. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like no bullshit. Like, like every day. Like I, don't, I, I, I understand how people lose their shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I could. I it was just like I was legit having that fight in my mind. Like, no, nah, bro. You know what I'm saying? You got, you got, you got to stay here. You got to keep it here. Um, but jujitsu gave me somewhere where I could go, and like just kind of like let let that aggression let it out, and just not really think about all that other shit for a couple of hours. Yeah. I'm just focusing on the task at hand and it, it just, it allowed me to, it allowed me a release, you know, mm-hmm. and had I not had that outlet, man, I just, I just, I'm just not sure what I would have done. Yeah. So that's when I say jujitsu saved my life. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. It was your therapy. That's awesome, man. Like it's good. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I was glad to see, you know, cause it did seem like you did stop for a while, but obviously we don't, we don't talk. We've texted from time to time, but I don't think we had a real conversation for, it Shit, man, six years, six, seven years, something like that. But yeah, yeah, know, it might, like, might have been that long, bro. Yeah, I mean, but it was weird, kind of. You know, when you first got into it, like I know you did some tournaments, won some things, and then it was like it just went quiet, and I was like, ah, you know. And then to see you come back into it, start a couple posts here and there, and then see that episode name, I was like, man, I gotta, what, what's going on with this? You know, like because we every time we've talked, we've never talked about you doing jujitsu, and so yeah, it was, it's, it's really, it's really good. But I think. I think that more people sometimes need things like that, you know, like it is because, because I mean, I, I had never, like, I remember, I don't know if you felt the same way, but like when I, when I got like a real first bat of depression, like I was reeling from a lot of things back home, having to shut down my company, claiming bankruptcy, feeling like a miserable fucking loser. And then yeah. I just had to go to Texas to get away. I just, I had to escape, you know, where I was. But then when that, when that depression, cause you got to go there to come back here. Like, you you know, but when it really sets in, it was scary for me to admit to myself at that moment that I was losing my shit. I was like, you are not here. You're not present in your marriage. You're not present for your children. You're working 16, 18 hours a day. You don't have to, but you are. They will let you and you make a mad money. But that that money in the bank account was I was losing years with my family. And it was all because of depression. And then when I first started to tell myself in my head, I would never say it out loud, right? But I was like, dude, you you are seriously depressed right now. Like you are, you know, and I had to like, I just started picking up probably the worst kind of music ever, but I was picking up playing guitar, doing like country music. And it was sad, but like, I, I, I'll never forget this, man. And I felt emotionally, you know, just so wrecked and I was driving and it was raining in Texas and I was going to some bullshit well pad site and, uh, Ashley McBride, uh, is a country artist and she's awesome. If you haven't, if you haven't checked her out, man, she's, she's great. Like she's a beautiful singer, beautiful soul, good person. And, uh, you know, one of her songs came on, uh, I forget exactly which one it was, but either way, like I stopped the truck, like on a backwoods dirt road and like it, it, dude, it made me start crying. 
And it just, it's something about that song hit me at that moment. And it was like, it's okay. Like it's, it's all right. You're, you're good, man. Like at this moment, there's no fear. It's you and this truck. you this song has hit you emotionally. And dude, I, I legit cried for probably like 10 minutes, man. Just like after the song was done, you know, and then I just, and then moved on. And, but then the rest of that day, I was just thinking like, where did that come from, dude? Like, I'm not, I'm not a very emotional guy. I can talk about emotions, but you know, Simone, right. my wife, she's, she's the first one to be like, man, you never cry in movies. You do, you know, I'm always tearing up and we're, you know, but since that moment, dude, it's like you, you kind of start to inwardly look at yourself again about where you want to be, what you're doing in life, how you want to be remembered if you die tomorrow. And like, it took me a second to mentally be okay with crying and being like, I'm good with the person I am. You've made mistakes, you failed, you can bounce back from it, you know, and it, but it was like that weird little moment made me just be okay. And so now if I see something emotional, like I realize, like I'm still maybe not an emotional guy as much as some, but if it hits me, if it strikes a chord, like I'm good with it. I'm not going to run from it anymore. Cause that, I no. think I, I, I personally bottled up so much. And again, like you having to be the, you know, the, the strong figure, you know, for your parents, for your brother's loss, like you're bottling up all that stuff. And that inevitably at some point, like we are just human beings walking around and that shit's going to burst, you know, and if you don't do something, so I'm really happy to hear that, that something like jujitsu helped you get through a time that I don't, maybe you couldn't have by yourself. You know, and I think that a lot of people need to start to admit that to themselves. Like depression is not a, you don't have to fight it alone and B if it's not the end of the world, like it, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to define you. Right. And it's like, that's uh, how I started feeling. I felt like it was defining me. Like you're just depressed, man. You're never going to recover. And then like that moment of like that over emotional, like just tear jerking, like, oh my God, this is a fucking country song i'm crying too what the fuck's happening <laughs> so yeah, but, but it, it just struck a chord man and but it, it made me realize it's all right like it's okay yeah e emotions are to be experienced right they're not here to stay with us forever you know that was one of the biggest things that i had to work through in my life uh even before that um was not reacting and not doing things off emotion, but also not being afraid to experience that emotion, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but it's the thing is, it's just like, that's not always how we're going to be, you know? I mean, like I say, emotions are going to be experienced. You're going to yeah. be happy. You're going to be sad. You're going to be angry. You know, you, you're going to be jealous. You're going to be depressed, mm -hmm. um, you know? And it, it's, it's, it's important to, to, to recognize that in those moments where you may not, may not feel your best, it's not going to be forever. You know, you, you've experienced this before. You might experience it again, you know, but it, it's, it's, it's going to get through it. Um, and even when things are just like, just seems like, man, there's just, there's no coming out of this, man. You go to those super dark places. Um, there, there are, it is important to have things to help you pull yourself out. Yeah. But you got to want to do it for yourself. You know, you can't have it. Where no, nobody else can pull you, you know, like you have to want it for yourself and you have to have the discipline to do it for yourself. Because like, I mean, going for jujitsu class, man, it, it takes, I had to go there. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he, he wasn't coming to pick me up. He wasn't calling me saying, Hey man, you know, you got to come to class. Yeah. Right. 
Like, no, I, I drove myself there. And like, if I wasn't doing shit else, it was jujitsu classes, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. If I wasn't doing shit else, those days I was going to fucking class. Mm-hmm. And that discipline, regardless of the days where I didn't want to do it, that discipline is really what got me through. Yeah. You know, so, and you have to have that. It's, it's so important. It's so vital. Sure. And there's, there's people always out there that, that will help you. You know, if anybody is listening to this or does that might be suffering, like, I mean, I'm not a big, you know, I think we have a mental issue, a mental health issue uh, in our country drastically, but I, you know, I think a lot of people are afraid to reach out for help because they don't want to admit failure. Right. And I did say earlier in this podcast that we do fail. Like, and I, I believe that. I don't, I don't think that we always learn from our mistakes. I don't think that we're always given the opportunity to learn from our mistakes. You do fail, but that failure does not have to define you. And you can reach out, you know, you can reach out for help to talk to somebody, you know, there's people out there, but going back to your discipline comment, no one's coming to look for you if you're going to sit on the sidelines depressed. So you have to pick up a phone. You have to go to jujitsu class. You have to pick up a guitar. You got to pick up a notebook. You got to go on a fucking walk, a jog, a run, a swim, whatever. But you have to make that first leap, you know, because even your closest family members, they they may just be labeling you as, oh, she, she's just depressed or he's just depressed. You know, he'll get over it. That shit can go on for years and years and years and years. And all of a sudden that depression has now defined you, right? You've built a lifetime of emotions, memories, you know, in depression. And so it's like, you got to make that first step to, to better, to better yourself. Even if you're afraid to admit that you have depression, if you just need to talk to somebody, find that person, whatever that is, you know, and, and go do that. But you got to make that leap. You're exactly correct. And you have to be disciplined enough to continue to make that leap. Yeah. Cause it's not going to get better just on, on, you know, on, on one deal. No, you can't, you can't wish it, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, pray it. You know, you gotta, like they say, uh, faith without works is dead, man. You know, like you say, you gotta, you gotta do the work. There's no, there's no way around it. You gotta do the work, man. And that's, and that's, that's for anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. What, uh, what's your thoughts on, on, uh, where your podcast is going to go from here? Like what you got any, I mean, I saw you hit your, 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 uh, first milestone, hundred subscribers. I thought that was for lack of better terms. Awesome. I don't know what else to say, but you know, it's like, I, I thought that yeah. was real, real cool. And it was funny. I've been watching all your episodes and then I looked at the YouTube page again and like, I hadn't subscribed and I'm like, I'm so, I am horrible. As much as I want people to like it, subscribe, I am the worst. Cause if I want to find it, I'll go look for it. And I'm always, you right. know, but I am the worst at subscribing to people's pages. And I was like, all right, click subscribe. But so, so I was too. Uh, but now understanding the metrics. So now like anybody I know that has a YouTube page, mm-hmm. like, you know, like you're going to you pull up a YouTube page. I'm subscribing to your shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to like, I'm going to like, cause like those metrics, those things matter. Sure. Uh, ultimately with what we want to do. Um, but in terms of like next steps, I'm really just trying to, you know, cause right now it's not like I'm getting a shit ton of views. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like I said, I just passed. Uh, I was at 98 subscribers last week and uh, now I'm at 112, uh, which is cool. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a good start, but like, I'm not so much, you know, the, the numbers are there. The numbers are what they are, but I'm not solely focused on the numbers right now. Right now I'm just focused on like improving uh, my content sure. and, you know, and just consistently putting out content. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, man, I want to be able to have, multiple platforms under my umbrella. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to produce 
quality content and not just for myself. Like I said, for right now, I'm still doing the Easily Offended podcast. So there's four of us on there. I got my own. Um, and I have a couple of other ideas for shows uh, that I'm going to be putting out in the next couple of months, uh, probably the, like later later this quarter or early uh, first quarter of next year of 2023. Um, and I really just want to be able to add positivity to the ecosystem, man. Um, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of divisiveness. There's a lot of just for lack of a better term, bullshit, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's so much more to life um, than what we're projecting on the internet right now. Sure. You know, yeah. there is, you know, it's, it's, it's not all about like everybody's even doing like fucking relationships or something about financial literacy, like stocks or real estate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and all that, st- all that stuff is cool. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's a place for it. But and then, but it's like it, a lot of it is like, you know, we're going to do this. And it's going to be extreme, you know, one end. And a lot of times people are doing shit for clicks and views. And I just kind of want to be a part of bringing back like a sense of normalcy, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of level headed. Hey, man, let's just talk. Yep. Let's just talk about kind of like, quote unquote, normal shit. Um, and I'm not pigeonholing myself. Uh, I'm really just trying to be what I need to be uh, when I need to be it. It's kind of like, you know, um, like I, when people ask me, like, what my podcast is about or describe it, I, I used a, a quote from Bruce Lee where it says it'd be like water. Yeah. You know, when, when, when you pour water in a cup, it becomes a cup. You pour yeah. water in a bowl, it becomes a bowl. Yeah. Um, so if you if you notice, like man, like and like I only have six episodes up, but every episode has been completely different. Sure. You know, yeah. my my first episode was about fatherhood. My second episode was about fucking male pattern baldness <laughs> and, 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 and 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 man weaves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, my third episode, I interviewed um, some good friends of mine that are like reality TV stars, mm-hmm. and they're also like fucking real estate moguls. Yeah, you know. Uh, then I, I did an episode about jujitsu. Um, you know, I've done, uh, I, I got an episode coming up. We just talked about earlier, uh, where I interviewed some good friends of mine that are therapists that have their own practice. And we had a, a conversation around mental health, mm-hmm. you know? So, but if, if I, if I started my premise off, like, let's just say, I want to just do a jujitsu podcast, then it wouldn't give me the ability to talk to these different people, Yeah, you know? And, you know, or, or, or it would, it would also limit my audience, Sure, you know, well, I can, I can, uh, uh, reach people from all walks of life, Yeah, you know, and, and I really just kind of want to be able to have conversations and expose people to things that they may not necessarily have been aware of. And, you know, just kind of like bridge the gap and more so do something that's going to bring people together rather than tear them apart. I'm not going to act like I know everything. I don't have all my life together. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I, I can't tell you how to go make a million dollars in real estate. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how to go make a million dollars selling stocks or about crypto or anything like that. Um, but, but you can be a voice. I can be, you know, I can be a that's voice. That's huge. That's what I mean. We, we yeah. I think we talked about it in the very beginning of the pod, but I mean, it's, it's such a powerful tool to have a podcast. You know, I don't, I don't know how prevalent podcasting is in the black community, but, you know, if, if, it, if it isn't, I, you know, any of your listeners, any of my listeners, like this is such a powerful tool because somebody can listen to you in long form and really start to understand and learn who you are as a person. Right. And Absolutely. so, and so 
like you know th- th- there is no there's no reason really why I had you on. I think that your story's interesting and a selfishly, I wanted to talk to you cause I hadn't talked to you in like a decade, but I mean, <laughs> the reality of it is, is like what we're doing here, I think can, can be for the betterment, right? It's, we are co- cross pollinating each other's platforms. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, two, two different people, two different worlds raised everything, but like, look, look at the voice and it, it maybe two or three people hear this and they start a podcast or they reach out to you. Hey, you know, Drew, how do I do, how do I, how would I do this? Like, all right, here's a laundry list. This is the, this is the equipment that I've just bought. If you want to do what I'm doing and not saying you have to go buy this shit and just start, you know? And so I, yeah. it's such a powerful voice for the, for the good. As long as you use it for good, I think it's huge, right. man. I think eventually keep the same consistency. And I, I, I would, I would not be a hundred percent surprised this time next year to see your podcast blowing up. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. I, I, I know you I don't mean, care about that, but I, I just, I know oh, the, the impact oh, oh, you've had on. Me. Yeah, I mean, I know you care. <laughs> you, yeah, we all want that, right? But like, right. Uh, inevitably, if it didn't, just like have this, you know, oh, I'm making a million dollars a month. Like, I don't think oh, that no. you would care. But I, I just so, know the impact you've had on me from a personal friend level. Like, anytime we've talked about some shit or discussed something, it's very impactful, and I've left that conversation, I think, in a better state of mind. You know, again, we talked about never, never about race, never about religion or something, but like when we're just talking about things, it's like, I know that I could come to you with a conversation and say, like bounce an idea off you. And you would be honest enough with me to be like, this is stupid or yeah, this, you know what, there, there's some validity to this, like this, you know, so I do feel like both Simone and I personally have talked about it. Like you, you had an impact on our lives. You know, when we met in Arizona, like it, it, he would have always stayed with me. And so I think that the voice that you're creating by using your podcast could be huge, not only for yourself, but also for your community. And yeah. I really believe and, that. And, you know, I mean, and, 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 and black people do love podcasts. Uh, I'm not you know saying, saying you don't. I, I, I'm just saying I don't have a whole lot of, like, there's not a whole lot of hosts. That you, 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 yeah, you don't have a. Uh, I'm not saying you can't. Thing. You guys are more than welcome to do all the podcasts you want. Like this is not what this show's about. <laughs> so. I mean, you know, and, and 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 the thing about it, the funny thing about that is, is you know, uh, black people are kind of like always on the forefront when it comes to things that are creative. Hell yeah, uh, yeah. That's what, what I'm saying. If you, all- what I was trying to get at is, if you don't have a big presence, I want to just tell the world let let the black communities get a hold, and you see what will happen to podcasts that they have done with fashion with music with with business you know if you guys we, we, if you don't already have your hands on better. yeah <laughs> you watch it watch it here on this on this little bullshit podcast episode we're doing right if you guys get your hands on this and make it your own it's gonna it will ha- not look the same in the next 10 yeah. years and i mean and, and, that because and, that that is you guys literally the black culture is on the forefront of the fashion industry the music industry and now what what is seemingly becoming the business industry, right? And and that's yeah. kind of on the back of some of these major, major moguls, you know? So, but what it can also do is, uh, I know you mentioned something earlier, right? First time you got in my car and you thought I was going to probably listen to some like, you know what I'm saying, some hip hop or some shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which I obviously do listen to a lot of, yeah, you know? Yeah. But, but you got in my car and I'm listening to fucking Zero Seven. And so a lot of people... That have that don't have black friends and don't have experiences with black people, they don't know or have any real perception of what we are outside of what's portrayed 
in like mainstream media, which a lot of times is fucking negative stereotypes. Sure. Yeah. So what 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 why I feel like podcasting is so powerful is because it does allow people to tell their own stories mm-hmm. in in the ways that they see fit. Where it, you don't necessarily need to have be have the back the backing of some media conglomerate. Where like you have an internet connection and you resonate with enough people, your shit's gonna spread. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you get to do the things the way you want to do them. So it can show and it can like show that like man, just like there are different types of people everywhere. Like we're not a monolith. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We have a we have a myriad of interests. You know what I'm saying? And 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 we can do a myriad of things. So I think that's and that's another reason why. I, I feel like this tool is so powerful because it will allow us to do the things that we want to do and tell our stories in ways that we haven't necessarily been able to tell them before. Because it's like, and that's what I was talking about earlier. When you talk about the movies, like you this got shit about black struggle or slavery, you know what I'm saying? Racism or Martin Luther King or something like that. Well, there's just so much more to our history mm-hmm. than that. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, no, so, so black people created jazz. You don't, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have a movie about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. like basically all original forms of music were created by black people. Mm-hmm. I know because I didn't, I didn't see the Elvis movie when my daughter saw it. And she was saying they alluded to how like he, like he got his style from watching black musicians. Yeah. And, and, and taking di- directly from them. Um, and so it's just, and it's not to say that we don't, we can't, we don't, we don't learn from each other. Uh, but we haven't always been giving, given license to tell our stories mm-hmm. the way we want to. And this is it. And I think this is, this is the way to do that. Unedited, this is the way to- unfiltered, unrestricted. As long as you don't play some bullshit copyrighted music, this is going to live and breathe on YouTube. The people can exactly. find you and they can, they can relate to you personally. Uh, you know, and I, man, this is, you, you said it the other day, I think it was just in text, but it was like, you know, I, I've, I've, I continually listen because I'm just kind of burnt out on music just generally in life. And so I've just right, been right. listening to just a lot of podcasts, just, you know, maybe it's therapeutic, maybe it's whatever, but you text me and you're like, man, this is just such a powerful tool. I want to get this out to there to people. I want, I want to talk to them about doing this, whether it's starting their own or whatever. And it got me thinking like, this is at its very beginning, right? Absolutely. Like, I mean, yes, we- yes. Podcasts came so to light. Uh, YouTube channels came to light during COVID, right? But but the power of podcasting, I feel like, is at the very beginning of where it's truly going to get to. Well, we haven't even scratched the surface, yeah. yeah. And that's what and, and and that's what's so exciting. And that's why, like, I really want to, like I said, because this is this is to me, this is where the media is going. Uh, and even when you think about, because like we talk about like mainstream media mm-hmm. it's really gotten to the point where it's almost like a, a lot of people don't trust those sources, but in terms of the podcasting space, people are just saying shit. And a lot of times they don't necessarily have journalistic integrity. Yeah. You know, they don't necessarily research or they'll just pass off their opinions as fact. And a lot of times that can be very dangerous. Yeah. Because people you know, end up taking it like they, they, you know, I think, uh, I mean, I would arguably speaking, Joe Rogan, probably the largest podcaster in the world, Right. He got in some heat like a grip ago. But what, yeah. what people fail to mention is like he started this in his fucking basement. Now he has a huge audience. So he has a responsibility to that audience and the general public. But he didn't realize that he was signing up for that. He got into some like way, way heated shit because now people it's like the gospel. They go to him yeah. and then he says some shit that's just he was like either wrong on some facts or maybe it was opinion based. And he come, had to come out 
and be very like, I fucked up. Like, yeah. Okay. Look, I'm not perfect. I'm not infallible. I'm a person just like all of you. I fucked up. But I mean, it was like cancel culture was coming after him hard. So you look at the power of that. That's one, one person that is doing this on the largest scale platform. Right. But people start to really believe in you and, and start to take your word for like, I said it again, like they start to take it as the gospel. And it's like, so you have to be real cautious about your opinions. That being said, I still think that this gives you the ability to state your opinion. If you truly believe that that opinion is what it is, like nobody's going to come in and be like, you know, Oh, Jarrell thinks he can fly. Fuck it. He thinks he can fly. Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not, they're not going to come in and, and just, you know, th- that's, what's good about it is I think that it's not edited. It's not restrictive and it can really show people like who you are and, and start to kind of just get a better understanding of, you know, everything really. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like, and like, we're just only continue to see it grow. And I just want to be a part of that growth, you know, and I, and I, I will be, I already am. Yeah. Already, we are, we, we are a part of the growth and the things that are going to happen. And like, this is going to look different next year, Yeah, you know? And I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, mainstream doesn't kind of get all its tentacles in it. You know what I'm saying? Good luck. Uh, which it kind of tends to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. Luck, and it's going it, it, right. to happen to a certain extent, but you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to find my place in it. Sure. Yeah. I think you will, man. I think it's, I'm, I'm excited to see where you take it. I'm real, I'm real jazzed, man. And I do give you credit, man. Thank you for putting up that video. And it was, it was so honest and it was humble. And it was like, look, this is just me. I'm in my fucking kitchen. Like there's my, there's my cameras on my, my kitchen Island. My couch is over here. That's where I'm sitting. And it was like, it was the, you know, cause I had it, I had kind of already prepped it and it was like, all right, man, shit or get off the pot. Let's go. And I, that night I just started emailing people like, will you be on the show? Will you be on the show? And like a couple of people picked it up and it was like you and then another person. And the boom was like, all right, now i got nine guests to record. And it was like, I, I definitely got to give credit where credit's due. So, so thank there's, you, man. There's, there's no time like the present, man. And you're welcome. You know I said, <laughs> we inspired, like I said, the conversation we had yesterday kind of like, and helped to inspire me again, man. So, you know, it's, it's like we feed off each other. So yeah, that's I, said, awesome. I want to see you be successful. You know what I'm saying? In the same way, I'm sure you want me to be successful and, you know, and, and we can continue to build off of that. Oh yeah. Well, I'm hoping to hop back on here in like a year and see where it's gone. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm obviously oh, yeah. going to watch and be, be a connoisseur and look at the episodes, but you know, I want to, I want to talk to you and see what that, I got like, what's the struggles? What's the, you know, how many wins and losses did you have in this next year? You know, and I'm excited about that. So. There'll be some. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely have plenty to talk about. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, 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 de- I'm definitely sure of that. Well, thank you so much, man. I, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me, man. It's been it's been absolutely my pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, if people want to reach out to you, um, you got any social handles that you want to throw out there? We'll we'll obviously put them in the show notes. But you know, if they want yeah. to reach out to you directly, where can they find you? So there's uh, rel r e l l underscore the underscore producer nine fourteen at Instagram, and also nine one four underscore media underscore group, uh, also on Instagram. And uh, yeah, man, you can find me there. Also, uh, Channel 914 on YouTube uh, is where I, I post all of my episodes. Okay. So feel free to check that out, man. That's awesome. And we're going to get you we're going to get you hooked up with Buzzsprout because I want people if they can't if they can't check you out on YouTube, I know you need to be there. But I also want you to be in people's ears if they're driving. Right. So, yeah, get yeah. You hooked up with yeah that. I got it. And now I'm glad to see you, do see you uh, do this remote. Right. Because I think the, the sky's the limit. You know that, you know. That yeah, I got can... expanding the reach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shit, if, even yeah. if it's a two-hour drive, save the gas. Shit's expensive. Do it remote. No shit. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh shit, gas is so fucking expensive. All right, brother. I love you, man. Thank you so much for being love on. You I too, appreciate man. you. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh.